and welcome to the 79th episode of the Cinefessions Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. Joining me tonight, we have Ash Collins and Mark Nadeau. <laughs> hey! How's that, that right? Yeah! Was it closer? Okay. You know what? I'm going to give you a grade on okay. that, okay? Good. You know what you got on the pronunciation of my last name? What did I get? You're a perfect 10. Oh, I like it. I was going to use that for something else, but I, but it, was, it was perfect. <laughs> and you know what, folks? We did not plan this. No? Th- that, that's how symbiotic we've become by doing this podcast. It's <laughs> like society without all the pudding skin. <laughs> oh, God. So how's everything going tonight, Mark? Good, good. Uh, my opening bit got better. So yeah. I'm feeling fucking good right now. Fantastic. I've missed that. We haven't had an opening bit from you in quite some time. I know. And again, had the sweaty hands prior to uh, yeah. launch. And you know what, though? We're right. We're at the space station, my friend. We are Hell transporting yeah. goods across atmospheres right now. Fuck yes, we are. And Ash, how's everything going with you? Everything is awesome. Fantastic. I hate that movie, but everything is awesome. Oh, was, are you serious? I'm, I'm going to talk about that tonight. <laughs> Good. I'm excited. Uh, so, <laughs> so tonight we're going to continue through our Resident Evil arc with a review of Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. And we're going to move on to round 16 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge, even though I said it was the wrong round last week. I'm back up to par again. So, Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So we also want to remind everyone that we have a poll going on at Cinefessions.com right now that needs your vote. So for the first time in the Cinefessions podcast history, you guys have the chance to decide uh, exactly what our, or, well, not exactly, but pretty close to what our next arc is going to be. So we're going to highlight one of our favorite film distribution companies. And uh, we've narrowed it down to Drafthouse Films, Scream Factory, and Vinegar Syndrome. And it's up to you guys to decide which one our our five-episode arc is going to be about. So head on over to cinefashions.com, and right there in the sidebar to your right, you're going to find the poll to vote for whichever company you'd like us to cover next. Now, as I mentioned, it's going to be a five-episode arc from the for the winning company. We'll look at five different releases, um, including the special features and the audio and video quality on all these to help you determine if it's worth your time or not, and more importantly, worth your money. So three choices are going to come from us. Um, and the fifth and final episode is going to be up to listener's choice. The fourth episode is actually going to be the winner of the Oscars poll amongst the three of us. So uh, that's the five episodes that are going to happen there. So it's really easy to vote. Get on there. Cinefashions.com. Polls on the right-hand sidebar. You can't miss it. Remember, uh, this is going to shut off on Sunday, February 6th at midnight. So please don't miss your chance to uh, get, let your voice be heard with that. And... Even better for our listeners, we have a ridiculously easy way for you guys to win a $20 Amazon gift card, courtesy of all three of us here at the show. So all you have to do is go to cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars and fill out the 10 question form and hit submit, and then you're entered into win. So you just need your name, your email address, and which Amazon store is relevant to you. And then you need to pick a winner for each of the seven categories listed. I, I wrote here to name them, but I didn't pull it up, so I'm not going to name it. It's like Best Picture, Best Director, Actor, Actress, Cinematography, 
I don't remember. Uh, but special effects, I know, is one of them. So just there's seven different categories. You pick who you think's going to win at the Oscars in each of those seven categories. And the person who gets the most correct answers are going to win that uh, $20 Amazon gift card. Um, if there is a tie, the winners, uh, all the winners will be put into a random generator and uh, we'll pick one winner out of the group of winners. So uh, we're really thrilled with how many entrants we have already, but we want to yeah. see even more as we get closer to the Oscars here. So make sure you hit up cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars and tell your friends, tell your family. Grandma Jane needs to know. Let her know. No, it's the doesn't. easiest way to, to win $20. You know what they say about Grandma Jane? What? I say, full Grandma Jane. <laughs> That's rude. Grandma Jane's you know a great I, lady. I, I just don't want her to enter. Well, hey, I hope she wins, just to throw it in your face. Well, I hope it's it's uh, 20 uh, pounds then. <laughs> That's what I hope. <laughs> oh, man. And we also want to remind you guys, you can interact with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. Email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us using any of those uh, aforementioned services. and. Uh, have a conversation with us. Except for and, you, Grandma Jean. You don't yeah. have access to us. <laughs> Grandma Jean, do you I have you. Do you have a Grandma Jean? No. I oh, don't. good. And I knew that you didn't because we're symbiotic. <laughs> you just wanted to confirm how symbiotic we really were. Just, I wanted to prove to the audience. Exactly. <laughs> so symbiotic. Absolutely. So make sure you guys are following along on our new Instagram account, which is obviously found at Cinefessions. Mark, Ash, and I are posting a lot of our new media pickups, and uh, Mark's posting a bunch of reviews from his A to Z challenge, so make sure you follow that there if you haven't already. And like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions to check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 78 podcast episodes right over there at Cinefessions.com. And last but not least, in terms of the business for the day, we are proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. And we'd love to hear what you guys pick up and listen to for free so we know if it's worth our time or not. Excellent. So, Ash, now that CSI is done, what the hell have you been doing this week in the world of media? Um, well. And if uh, you stay, say you've started watching NCIS, I'm going to smack you. No, no. Okay, good. I <laughs> just kidding. So my wife, like you know, we're Mm-mm. my wife and I are on like opposite schedules, kind of. We're, oh, we're okay. Um, yeah. It, it basically it, it appears to me that she never fucking sleeps <laughs> because I get up at four a.m. She goes to bed at four a.m. Oh, I get geez. home at one o'clock and she's just gotten up like. An- <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So she never sleeps. So. Uh, but I go to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. So mm-hmm. like, she's got a ton of time to do stuff. So she's been streaming all sorts of shit on Hulu. Well, oh okay. She, she happened to be watching Catfish when I got home. Um, oh, the other day, and the movie or the of, or the show, TV show, the, the show. I haven't okay. seen. Okay. Um, 
And so now we've been binging the shit out of that. Um, yeah, it, it's I actually kind of like it because it's not your typical MTV. We're going to shock the hell out of you fair. They're actually trying to do something good with it, which yeah. I like. Um, and they're actually trying to help both people, you know, the person doing the catfishing and the person being catfished. So it, 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 in that respect, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know what I like about that show? What? I like that guy's back tattoo. Ah, okay. It's great. (laughs) I've never seen. I've seen the show a lot, and I've never seen his back tattoo. Oh, it's in the movies. Like remember it. The dude's got a back tattoo. It's like a tramp stamp. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) But no. So so we've been watching that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls Online. I'm really excited, actually, about Morrowind. Not as excited as my wife is, but uh, yeah, they they announced a. Yeah, they announced the uh, new expansion that's coming out this summer for it is going to be. Oh, looks. cool. So is it like a re-release of the, oh no, this is for online. It's for online, online yeah. Okay. It, it, it won't It won't look like, uh, basically what they did is they took the landmass from the original Elder Scrolls Morrowind game mm-hmm. and brought it over into Elder Scrolls Online and they're tweaking it so that it looks it fits in with the Elder Scrolls Online look, um, okay. But, it, but Elder Scrolls Online also takes place 700 years before Morrowind actually takes place. So, oh wow! So it'll look slightly different, and there'll be other stuff going on, and like you know some of the disasters that hit Morrowind haven't happened, type of thing. So, uh, but no, it looks it looks freaking awesome. I, I'm excited for that. That's cool. That's a game series that I really want to get into. I played a little bit of Morrowind. I played a little bit of Skyrim, but I never played probably more than an hour of either game. And I really want to. I want to get back into those and try them again. I own Skyrim on 360, I believe. So I definitely got to try that. I, that one might be backwards compatible now, too, I think. Might be. I don't. I have honestly no idea. I've got it mm-hmm. on, on so gotcha. in a Steam sale. Um, but uh, yeah. What, what's better? Morrowind or Skyrim? I prefer Skyrim. Um, my wife likes Morrowind. Mm. Um, Oblivion is pretty good, um, but it's oh right, I played a little bit of, of Oblivion too. I couldn't, I forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, Oblivion's not bad. Um, but I think personally, I like Skyrim the most. I actually kind of, I'm actually kind of enjoying Elder Scrolls Online a little bit more than Skyrim. I know people are going to be like, Oh my God, he's an idiot. Um, but, uh, I, I like it because it, it, uh, it's just trimmed down enough. It's not like, like in Skyrim, you can walk into a room and then like loot everything. And it's just mm-hmm. like, there's no point. It's just like, it's a lot of extra crap you don't need. Um, and, but, uh, in Elder Scrolls Online, you can't loot everything like not every book on a shelf will open up and be an actual book you can read but you can go to a bookshelf and a prominent book that you might actually pull off the shelf to look at will you know will pop uh you know stuff like that um, and that uh, and which one is that one that it will pop up uh that well elder scroll and skyrim like you could go to like almost any bookshelf and pull open a book just pull a book oh, okay and open it up and read it and it would gotcha. have stuff in it. But yeah. And you could pick up everything. Like you could go like loot everyone's like silverware off their table if you wanted to in Skyrim. You know, it's just it's a little ridiculous. Um I mean some people yeah. love it. I, I just uh, I don't know. Um Did you guys uh hear that they did a porn parody of uh, Morrowind? 
No, it's called but... uh, Moral Rim Job. <laughs> and uh, apparently, uh, it's kind of shitty. Oh, my God. You'd never go ass to mouth. Mm-mm, not oh, at the moment. Oh, man. It's kind of <laughs> shitty. I know. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It doesn't take long to get the bad jokes here at the Cinefessions podcast. Bad yeah. jokes. <laughs> oh. It's kind of shitty. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that sounds good. Is there anything else that you did this past week? <laughs> um, no, I'm busy with the house and work. Okay. Yeah. All right, very good. And what about you, Mark? Uh, well, apart from uh, writing my joke book, I didn't get the chance to do too, too much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you ready for the next one, folks? Book, like, you <laughs> wrote in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's my journal. I <laughs> I write I write on it when I take a brown. But anyways, um, yeah. I you know what? It, it's funny. I uh, since today we're recording on the first of February. I did a tally of uh, the movies I watched in January. I watched 42 movies, which surprises the heck out of me since it's actually quite nice outside winter-wise. And yeah. I've never seen so many films in a month. Um, so <laughs> I think it's because of all the freaking challenges I gave myself where I, I feel that I need to. Um, so yeah, I've only watched like 12 this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, well, it's going to, it's going to pick up, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so I watched uh, a few of them. Um, and I'll just talk about the ones that I did for the, um, A to Z challenge, just because, uh, you can read up about it as well on the, uh, Instagram and on the Facebook page. Um, so I watched Kiss of the Damned from, uh, 2012. And it's a, um, it's more, it's more of an indie highfalutin vampire flick where, you know, vampires live in, in plain view of the public, but they don't eat humans. They drink, you know, animal blood, stuff like that. But they're mm-hmm. all like, you know, high society. And uh, it follows um, Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, you might have known him from the show Heroes. He played one of the two brothers, the one with the crooked mouth. Um, anybody remember that show at I all? I haven't watched Heroes. No? Okay. Well, you can skip it. It, 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 it kind of goes downhill after season two. That's what um, I hear. But he plays Paolo in this film. And he meets uh, Dejuna. Uh, who's a female vampire by the name of uh, Josephine de la Bombe. Uh, she's a French actress. And uh, they fall in love, but she, you know, pushes him back at first because, you know, she's she doesn't want him to know that she's a vampire. But then when they get close, then her fangs pop out. Eventually, they move in together. And then uh, Dejuna's sister, Mimi, shows up, played by the sexy Roxanne Mesquida. And uh, she's a bit of a wild child, and she t- kind of puts a wrench in their life plans. So it's it's more of a drama than a horror film. Um, actually, I would say it is more a, a, a drama than anything else. Uh, there's very little horror in it. A few vampire deaths. Um, but I, I think it's well made. It's a little slow. Uh, Michael Rappaport's in it as well as uh, Paolo's uh, friend. Uh, who's a literary agent because Paolo is a writer. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have, really have much to say on this one. It, it didn't, uh, I didn't hate it, but it didn't charm the pants of me either. It was just, it was just good, you know. 
Um, yeah. So it, it's worth checking out if you're, you know, into vampire movies. Um, this one's more, again, it's more of a an indie, indie kind of. I can't really say Twilighty because I've never watched Twilight, but it's got that look of you know I'm an aristocrat, so I'm a vampire, and everybody else is just meat, you know. Um, yeah, so that came out in 2012. It's directed by uh, Sean Cassavetes, which I believe is Nick's Nick Cassavetes' daughter. Um, oh, okay. not much, not much to see on this one. So that's that's pretty much for Kiss of the Damned. Again, uh, you know, if you like your vampire movies that are more romantic, you know, but not Anne Rice, then check it out. It's got a pretty cool movie poster, and uh, actually, I won this film on a Twitter contest. So that's the reason why I have it in my collection. Oh, Probably nice. not one I would pick up normally. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's all for, uh, this one. Um, next up, I watched, uh, the Lego movie from 2014. Everything now, is awesome. Yeah. I had never seen it before and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, now, what I do like about this film is that the voice casting is so fantastic. Um, you've got Chris Pratt. You've got Will Ferrell, who plays Lord... Uh, oh, what was his name? Lord Business. Which, now watching this and knowing what happens with your election with Trump, <laughs> it is kind of scary. You know, because Lord <laughs> Business is President Business, and he looks like Donald Trump. Oh, um, coincidence? Maybe. I don't think in 2014 he had any aspirations. I guess he did in 2014. He put his hat in for the election, right? Because yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's been talking years. about it since like 2012. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So, yay. Maybe Lego Movie will come true then. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so, you got Will Ferrell that plays uh, Lord, uh, Lord Business. Uh, Alison Brie. Uh, is a uh, unicorn kitty called Unikitty. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but my favorite, though, has to be Liam Nielsen. He plays the police officer that's pursuing um, Chris Pratt's character of Emmett because Emmett finds uh, the piece of resistance, which in the, I guess, in their fable, will be able to stop the world-killing weapon called the Kraggle. Um, so... Will Ferrell, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Liam Nielsen is a uh, is a cop, but he's got two personalities, good cop, bad cop. And pretty much I'm thinking Liam Nielsen is using his character from Taken as the, as the police officer in this, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it is so funny. Um, you've also had Charlie Day. Where he plays a guy called Benny who looks like one of those like 80s model astronaut figures. And he's got like the broken helmet. I- I'm doing a really bad uh, explanation of this film. But it is hilarious. It is so funny. There's so many inside jokes. I, I, yeah, I was on my couch just rolling in laughter, like legit laughter. Like, I, I don't know why I waited so long to watch this, but I finally did. And I'm glad I did. And now, now knowing that the new Batman cart, uh, Lego Batman's coming out uh, in a few weeks, uh, I'm going to jump on that one right away because I love Batman and Lego Batman was a bit of a dick. But he was a funny dick in this movie, and he really cared <laughs> in a way. Um, but yeah, the Lego movie just, just I, I loved it. I freaking loved it. So, out of curiosity, on our scale, yes. what would you rate the Lego movie? Oh, four out of four. Wow, easy. I I, I rated five out of five on the Letterboxd. I just wow. 
I loved it. Why do you have a different opinion? Gives Resident Evil Afterlife one yes. star and yes. gives the Lego movie four stars. All right. Oh, wait. That's good. Wait until you see my review for uh, Retribution. Ah, I'm excited. I did not like Lego Movie. I didn't find it funny at all. I found it annoying as hell. You're kidding. I did not. Like, I couldn't even finish it. Like, I've watched it what? twice. And I've really? made it about halfway through and I turned it off. Like, I just didn't like it and I decided, you know what? I'm, that's not worth wasting my time. I'm done. Moving oh, on to something else. So many inside jokes. Like, Jonah Hill plays Green Lantern and he keeps bugging Superman. Like a little brother to a big brother. It is funny. You got Will Forte as Abraham Lincoln, and Morgan Freeman plays uh, Vitruvius, which is like a white, uh, like a uh, like a, a Lord of the Rings. He's the white wizard, kind of like a white riggersy f- uh, f- uh, figure. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I honestly legit loved it. So <laughs> it get, it gets like a stamp, you know, it gets a uh, a brand of approval, oh, not man. a stamp, but a brand. Did you like this one, Ash? I have not seen Lego Movie. Okay. Now, did you did you hear that uh, they made a porn parody <laughs> of? Uh, okay, I'll just move on. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. Uh, next one I'm going to talk about. Um, I watched Miss Forty Five. Okay. Uh, this is from 1981. It's an Abel Ferreira film. Um, it's another rape revenge film. Um, and this was released by? Well, this one was released by Draft House Films. There you go. One of th- our three options for our movie vote for yes. our distributor challenge. Yes. So this was, now they didn't originally, uh, but they got the right. rights for it and they, yeah. they made another version of it. Um, yeah. So this apparently, well, the reason why I, well, the reason why I bought it is because I have all the Draft House films. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this one for my M challenge on my way to Z is that uh, my good buddy Ed, um, it's one of his favorite films and I had never seen it before. So I wanted to make sure that I catch it in one of my challenges this year. Um, so again, so it's it's a it's a rape revenge movie set in 1981 or late 70s, early 80s. It got a release in 81, but whatever. Um, it stars um, Zoe Lund as Thana. And she plays a mute 19-year-old that works in the fashion district in New York. And on her way home from work one day, um, in broad daylight, uh, she gets uh, raped uh, at knife point by a scumbag. She's able to make her way home. And as she settles in the house, there's a second guy in her apartment. No relation to the first guy who is robbing her she comes home catches him in the act and then he rapes her so she gets she gets violated two times in maybe the span of like two hours Mm -hmm. um and then she's able to uh you know she's able to uh overcome uh the the guy and kills him now, this is not a spoiler because this happens like 20 minutes in the film. Yeah. So what makes this film different than other rape revenge films is that, and again, I got to thank Kira uh, Lejeunesse. Um, she has an essay in the booklet for this, uh, for this movie, for this release. Okay. And I didn't realize it at the time. But in most rape revenge films, like I Spit in Your Grave and House on the Last House on the Left, things like that, 
The whole movie is the journey from the girl overcoming her trauma and acting revenge. And the movie pretty much ends when the last assailant gets killed. In this one, her the second assailant gets killed right away. And then it deals with how she's dealing with the trauma hmm. as the movie goes along. So she killed her, the first rapist, you know, he's long gone, but she kills her second rapist. So she does get an amount of revenge. And then it just, you know, how her mind kind of changes and how she then becomes uh, an avenging angel in a way and deals with uh, men, sleazy men with her own type of justice. So she goes like, she get, she goes nuts and goes on a rampage, really. Um, and you know, me watching this, I didn't realize that at the time. Like, I was just in for the ride, but now thinking back upon it, it makes sense. This is the only one I've seen of this genre that is like this. Now, maybe there are some since then, but yeah. this is the first that I've seen like this. Um, and another thing that really surprised me, too, is that there's no nudity in this movie. Um, like, on, in on Spin Your Grave, there's actually quite a bit of nudity involving during the rape and whatnot. And this one, there isn't. Um, and again, what's also amazing uh, with Zoe Lund's uh, role is that she's mute, so she doesn't speak. She does write a few messages to coworkers, um, but she really emotes and speaks through her eyes. And her eyes are so expressive in this movie. Um, it's actually quite good. It's, it's, it's a really well done film. And it's also tragic because uh, Zoe passed away in 99 at the age of 37. Um, and what makes her a bit punk rock is that from what I've read online is she was an advocate for heroin use. And oh, wow. her, yeah. And her heart did give out due to drug related uh, trauma. Um, mm. So I'm not sure if she died of an OD or her heart got weakened because of her drug use. That wasn't clear. Um, but yeah. And what's also cool is I didn't know this, but um, she wrote bad Lieutenant. Uh, the Harvey Keitel film. Um, yeah, so she was a badass. Um, obviously, th there's no special features with her in this in this review because they don't really didn't do special features back then. Um, I wish I would have. I wish one she had a longer career, um, and I wish there was more um, stuff with her in it. But just due to uh, the way she lived, you know, her output isn't that big. Um, that said, uh, again, this movie is really good. I highly recommend it. Um, again, hard to watch because it is a rape revenge film, um, but it isn't as grotesque as some, or maybe not as exploitive um, as other films, just because there is, it's, I feel it's more restrained in the way. Um, but she does deal with a lot of scummy guys in this movie. Um, there's one guy who looks like uh, Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers. I don't know for <laughs> for sure if it is the guy or not because it does look like the guy. Um, I, I don't think it is. But, uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Again, it's it's available through Drafthouse Films. Um, so I do recommend it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much for Miss 45. Anybody here see it? No, I have not. No? No, I am huh. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, do check it out when you have the chance. Um, it's worth your time. Um, last one I'm going to talk about tonight is Night of the Demons from 1988. Okay. 
Now, since you're a big Scream Factory fan- I, I was going to say, in which company? <laughs> this, this one's Scream Factory. Yeah. So did you, have you seen this one yet? I, no, I own it, but I have not seen this one yet. And I actually was reading your Instagram review. And so oh. it's uh, toward the top of my list now of ones oh. I need to watch from them. Dude, I, I saw the remake before I saw this. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but the soundtrack is freaking awesome. I'm, I'm going to get to that later. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the- um, so this film, it's Halloween. We've got uh, a girl who's a bit of an outcast invites a whole bunch of classmates to a place called the Hull House. Okay. And that is a abandoned um, funeral home. And from there, they have a seance, a demon appears, possesses the girl, one of the girls, and then it just, everybody eventually gets infected. It, it, it's fucking awesome. Um, now the soundtrack, which you might hear here. Yeah. Some of the best hair metal I've never heard before. <laughs> it is fucking. I'm getting goosebumps like listening to it right now as I'm talking, and I'm going to yeah. stop because uh, I am going to be distracted by the music. But <laughs> it's so fucking good. I, I I probably listened to the to the, uh, the the whole soundtrack's on YouTube, and I listened it over and over again. I'm writing the review, and <laughs> I had to pause multiple times because I was tapping my toes. Um, yeah, Linnea Quigley's in it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, wait, real quick. That soundtrack is on vinyl, but yes. I'm drawing a blank who released it. But I remember seeing it on vinyl uh, in my searches recently. Yeah, it is on vinyl. Um, if I go back here, um, uh, well, it says here um, the cassette is from Lunaris Records. Um, yes, there you go, Lunaris Records. Uh, it's a it's a two LP vinyl. Oh, now okay. I don't know why it's two. I guess uh, I guess the, the scores in it as well. Um, and you know what? It's only twenty five bucks. I gotta. I should buy this tonight. Oh, wow! That's I might awesome. even do that. I might even do that. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is so much fun. It is eighties horror perfection. Like I fucking loved it. You've got the beautiful blonde, who's the main. You know, she's like the final girl, and you know she comes home from school. She goes to get changed. Her fucking little brother's in the closet wanting to check out her tits and tells her sister she's got big tits. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then you got, and again, I mentioned this in the, in the, on the Instagram, but then you got Linnea Quigley. She's in like this baby doll pink dress, dressed for the party. Her and Angela, um, played by, if I go back here, it's played by Angela. It's played by, oh shit, uh, Amelia Kincaid, which according to her IMDb, she didn't do she didn't do much that I've seen since. Uh, a few TV shows. Um, she was like a few uncredited characters. She was in Roadhouse as a dancer. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. It seems her last actress role is uh, Night of Demons 3. That went straight to video. But her last, like, I guess her strong roles of Night of Demons 1, 2, and 3. And then that's pretty much it. And she is still alive. Um, I would love to meet her at a convention. I would love mm-hmm. to. Anyways. Uh, so she's at a convenience store with uh, Lena Quigley. And of course, Linnea, you know, she has no problems uh, showing her body. So she's bending over for the store clerks while they're st- checking her out. Angela's like shoplifting. Um, <laughs> and later on, you know, uh, later on, which is weird. Once again, no spoiler. It's in the fucking trailer. She gets possessed, right? And she's putting makeup on. You still see her normal face. and But it's all over her face. Like she, you know, her lipstick's all over her face. Mm-hmm. And she asks one of the guys, oh, do I look okay? And he's like, whatever. When he leaves, she takes her lipstick and then she 
pushes it in her nipple. And then her her breast engulfs the lipstick. Like she pushes it all in. Obviously, it's a prosthetic, <laughs> folks. She didn't do it in real life. But what it's, the hell? it looks so weird. I'm like, what the fuck? And, um, <laughs> yeah, the and then she walks is away. One of those what the fuck moments. Because I, yeah, I, I, this was one of those movies I saw in Cinemax like way a long time ago. I'd forgotten the name of it and watched yeah. it again like last year when it was on Netflix. Oh, and I was like, good. I remembered this being much better better <laughs> oh, to me see, i had no like line to start so i'm like this is like a 10 right off the bat like in red lines <laughs> and also what's weird is that uh so Lena flashes like she shows i wouldn't say a full frontal because she didn't have her top off but she lifts her skirt still wearing panties and i was like a little like what the fuck because i'm seeing i'm, I'm seeing her vagina but i'm like <laughs> but, but i'm like i saw her vagina in return of living dead so why am I so like right. surprised that she would do that, right? Mm-hmm. But squishy has got pubic hair. It's just <laughs> weird. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, well, Linnea, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, why are you showing vagina? You know, but she's done it before, so I guess it's not it's old hat. But it's still it's still kind of like I wasn't expecting pubic hair in this movie, and it's good, you know. Um, so yeah, so obviously you can hear from my my gushing that I love this movie. Um, I want to get two and three. I don't know if Scream Factory are going to release two and three or not. Now there is a two and three on Blu-ray, but it's from a different company. It looks bare bones, so I'm going to okay. hold off for now. But if it jumps on uh, on um, on Netflix, I'm going to watch them right away. But uh, this is one of my lost gems. I love 80s movies, and I never watched this up until now. So shame on me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, apart from that, uh, so that's all for Nine of Demons. Uh, apart from that, I finished the OA. So I covered my so I covered all my challenges for the month. Uh, I'm up to the letter N now for my A to Z challenge. I watched I think four or five movies at the theaters, so I got that done, and I finished a Netflix series. Um, have you guys watched the OA at all? I have. I have not. What What did you think about it, Ash? I thought it was a fun film. I wasn't expecting much out of it, considering it bombed at the box office and went almost basically direct to video. So I, I was not expecting much out of it. Oh, you might you might be confused then with something else. Yeah. Uh, the always that Netflix show about uh, Brit Marling, the girl who oh, comes back. I thought you said DOA. I didn't thought. Okay. Oh, DOA. Oh, DOA again. <laughs> awesome because of the drink oh. And I have that. I have it sitting right next to me from Netflix because of oh, you guys. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Take no, I haven't cats. watched DOA at all. Sorry. Okay. okay. That was, um, it was on my list to to look at, but I just haven't got to it. I'll be honest. I'm not going to spoil anything to you uh, to you guys. Uh, for me, it's a big pass. Um, it started off interesting, then it got boring, then it got tedious, then it got kind of interesting again, and then this ending was just fucking dumb. So, to me, I like if I had to rate it out of five, uh, I give it, uh, or let's say out of four, I give it one and a half out of four. Um, I, I I just did not enjoy it. So, I'm going to leave that as that. Yeah. Um, on Friday, or I guess uh, it's being released on Friday. Um on the 3rd of February, it's the Santa Clara Diet with uh, Tim Oliphant and... Freaking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's her name? Fucking um, Drew Barrymore. So yeah. that's released on Friday. So that'll be my uh, challenge for the for this month is I'm going to watch that show. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be able to watch that in a few days. But I don't know much about it. 
What's it called? Known, the Santa Clara Diet. And I think it involves cannibalism. No. Um, no. It, it isn't? Is it a zombie story then? It's a zombie. She, uh, yeah. She actually dies and comes back as a zombie and they decide that the family is going to take care of her. Hmm. Ah, okay. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna watch that um, again. I didn't want to. I don't want to see any like previews or anything like that, just because I don't want to have anything spoiled. Yeah. Um, uh, but that'll, that's that's my selection for February. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, I did start Westworld finally. So I watched oh, episode okay. one of Westworld last night, and uh, I got goosebumps. I'm yeah. excited. To, uh, I'm excited to watch the next episode. So did you love the movie? I did not see the movie. Oh, okay. I thought the movie had a really good premise, but it was kind of um, disappointing on delivery. Well, but you know, they actually made the series. they actually made a porn parody of Westworld. Oh dear God! <laughs> what haven't they made a porn parody of, Mark? Um, the Bible, I hope. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they have. <laughs> actually, there is a um, it's a gay porn parody from not it's not a porn parody, but it's a um, film from Vinegar Syndrome. Okay. Uh, Chris owns it, and I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's it's like Wake Food, Wakefield Pools Bible or something. Okay. I think from Vinegar Syndrome, and it's like it's a gay porn, basically. Yeah. Telling of Bible stories or really? the Bible. Yeah. Now, when was this made? Is it like a '70s movie, an '80s yeah. movie? Yeah. Yeah. How big are the mustaches? Uh, they the, they look pretty big. Wow. From what I've seen on the uh, like the cover art and whatnot. Really? Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But I got too much to watch right now, so I probably won't watch it. But right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so th- that's my week in media. Um, I, I I talked a lot, so it's time for somebody else. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy with what I've watched so far. Um, hopefully, some of you will watch what I've seen due to my recommendation and not uh, Braden's because Lego Movie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So, sorry, I was just looking here real quick. Oh, good. I, I, I thought something happened. Yeah, Wake Food, Wakefield Pools Bible. That's what it's called from Vinegar uh, Syndrome. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I apologize. It's not Wakefield Pools films usually, I believe, are uh, aimed for like um, have have a lot of male nudity in it. But this one looks like it might uh, have male and female nudity. So, okay. Could have been wrong there. But uh, anyway. From 1974. Yeah. Fantasy romance. <laughs> Bible. Fantasy romance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's All awesome. Right. Now that distraction's out of my way. Um, so I am uh, officially over halfway through my album challenge for the year. I've racked up uh, 15 albums, new albums listened to so far. And that's uh, only February 1st. So I'm pretty happy about that. I ended up listening to the Fog soundtrack, which was just hauntingly brilliant from John <laughs> Carpenter. Um, and I say that as someone who wasn't uh, a big fan of the film at all. It's one I now want to rewatch, having listened to the score, but I didn't love it the first time I saw it. Um, and I also listened to my recently purchased Scott Pilgrim vs. the World soundtrack, which is just yes. really badass. Uh, side B is actually uh, better than Side A even. Um, and uh, I ended up giving that one three and a half stars. Ended up giving The Fog four stars. Um, listened to the debut album of Eve 6 from back in 1998. And that one was pretty good. Um, nothing really stood out as excellent on that album outside of the the song Inside Out, which you know it if you hear it, uh, was the kind of the one that made them popular. Um, but it's still okay. pretty good. Um, I give that one three stars. And I actually started listening to their second album, which is actually better than their first, um, surprisingly. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying those. 
Um, I'm happy to say she watched 42 movies. I actually watched the exactly half of that. I watched 21 movies this January, which was a ton for me. Um, I'm, up from- I'm grabbing the belt. I got the belt. <laughs> That's up from uh, 15 that I watched in January of 2016. So I'm hoping that this trend continues because I really want to watch more films this year than last year. Um, and I, actually, I'm not including – so last year I decided to include wrestling events on my list. Okay. Um, just because it's scripted entertainment, just like film and television. And I spent a lot of time watching that last year. Um, so I wanted to add those on my list just to keep track. Um, but I decided not to do that this year. It just muddies it up for no reason, really. Um, yeah. it was an experiment last year. I just didn't like it. So I'm not doing that this year. So I'm keeping those off. But, and after, um, watching the Royal Rumble, I've decided that I'm, I'm done watching WWE. I'm going to watch WrestleMania and see if it can get me back in, but I'm not watching really until then. Um, yeah, but, I, I'm the same way. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to get rid of the network after Mania uh, yep. and, and after I finish Total Divas. But uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Do you really watch that? Heck, yeah. Me and my girl, that's what we do. I cook breakfast. We watch Total Divas. Then I get uh, <laughs> tired of their cattiness. And oh. uh, I've I've become a Natalia hater because of this show. I can't stand Natalia. I don't like Natty at all anymore. Yeah. Uh, she treats AJ like dirt. You know, hmm. but uh, yeah, no, yeah, I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But the only thing, though, is 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 the next pay per view elimination chamber? Yes. See, that pisses me off because I kind of want to watch that. Well, I'll give you permission. <laughs> you can watch it if you want. To. I know. I think I'm going to. And it's SmackDown, like so you know it's going to be a good one, right? Yeah. But like the fact that Vince McMahon trolls. The, the audience, his his audience base by bringing out Roman Reigns at number 30 again. Oh, he, you like, know, what? He, he's mean. He's a bully. And I, I, I personally, I, I personally don't like him anymore. Um, yeah, I think he's just a bully. Like, why not debut Joe? Right. If you're going to fucking bring him out the next fucking night. Yeah. Why not give the fans what they want, which yeah. is clearly they wanted either Samoa Joe or Finn Balor, because yeah. I watched that video of like everybody reacting to number 30 and everybody was too. either yelling, Joe, 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 or Balor. It's got to be Balor. I yeah. was the guy yelling, Joe. My sister came over and watched it with me. And like, I was just like the first guy in the video yelling, it's got to be Joe. It's going to be Joe. And then what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I was at a party. And ridiculous. I, I had... Pick Joe as the winner. It wasn't even announced. Me too. I just yes. knew he was. I had a really good feeling. <laughs> Apparently, yep. uh, my gut isn't always hundred percent. Um, but you know, at least they got Ty Dillinger right. Like, yeah, at number like, ten, really, I looked like that. This rumble was perfect up until number thirty. Like, I loved the rumble this year up until Reigns came out. You know, I'll be honest. So here was my take on the Royal Rumble pay per view. Okay. I thought the matches leading up to the rumble were fantastic. Uh, and um, uh, Cena and AJ Styles was fucking awesome. And it was awesome in a different way than their first match was. Their yes. first match was high flying, out of the ring, all over the place. This one was slow, uh, just methodical. It was, yeah, it was so good. It was excellent. And then the rumble started and I, I wasn't really impressed un- with the actual Royal Rumble match itself until okay. we got to number 25 when Lesnar came out. Uh, so then it was uh, Lesnar and then I forget who and then um Goldberg and then Taker 
And then it was great. Like when fucking Lesnar knocked or when Goldberg knocked Lesnar out again in seconds, I was fucking dying. Like I was jumping up and down with excitement. I was fucking loving every second of it. My sister thought I was insane. Like it was amazing. (laughs) And then number 30 hit and boom, fucking done. Okay. Randy Orton won. That's better than Reigns, but uh, is I it though? Care. I know, really. I don't give a shit. So like of all people, like, give it to Jer- like I really wanted Jericho to win. Um, because Bray Wyatt he- was in the final three. Let yeah. Bray win something. Yeah, but what I didn't like though was the pa- the spacing of the big hitters at the end. Oh, I know. You know? Why wait until um, the last five to bring yeah. out all your big guys? Like I liked Braun Strowman in this Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the little guys did really well. Um, Big Show, I thought, got out way too easy. Oh, I was shocked he was gone so quickly. I was surprised that Mark Henry went out so quickly, too. Me too. But did you see pictures of the Rumble with them going down the aisle in no. motor carts? Oh, really? The uh, the I, ramp was so long. I, I was yelling about that literally on every fucking entrance with my sister. I was like, why is this fuck? Why put the Royal Rumble, an event where you have 30 people walking to the ring in a short amount of time in this in this arena when you have such an obnoxiously long ramp? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So all the big guys, they had, they had carts uh, driving them halfway and then they ran the rest of the way. So if okay. it panted the crowd for a bit, it's because... Um, ah. You didn't see the cart because okay. the big guys get blown up. You think Mark Henry can run all the way down there and know, then like exactly. get up steps? Yeah, we were wondering at one point when it was Mark Henry's entrance. Like they show him coming up and then it goes to the ring and everyone's looking down there watching him. My sister are like, um, what the fuck's going on? Like they're just waiting for him to come to the ring. And then finally, like 10 seconds later, he gets there. It was like, this is awkward. Yeah. Well, he's being but- carted. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, and like, I know why Undertaker, I thought Undertaker for sure was going to be number 30, just because of, he's the Undertaker and of his age and everything, and yeah. then he got in there, he didn't last long, but that's just because he can't, and apparently, he, got, he yeah. hurt, yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, the guy just needs to retire, like, I don't even know if he has that one more good WrestleMania moment oh, in him dude, anymore. He's, he's done. Yeah. Like, and one, I don't want to see Reigns Taker. No. And two, Fuck, no. um... Taker, Taker's done. If if he can't do an over the over the rope spot, exactly, he's finished. Yeah. Um, that's it. He makes it. He does a great good promo. Oh, but you know, know he I does his promo and he says, "I got twenty nine holes with twenty nine souls." Mm-hmm. Well, you came at number twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you right. dug too many holes, friend. Yeah, <laughs> you dug too many holes. Um, but. Man, it was just so disappointing because there was so much potential. I was so excited for the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite pay-per-view every single year. I love watching the Rumble. That's mm-hmm. When I started wrestling, that was my thing. I used to rent all the old VHS tapes from Blockbuster, watching every Royal Rumble, writing down the order of entry and everything. Like I loved the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And so I was super excited. And then that, it's like, come on, same you know- old shit. But why so, does Brandy Orton, who's like yeah. incredibly over, why does he need another reason or another push to get yeah. over? Like he doesn't. And the thing is, and, and with him is that he's in a tag team program right now. Exactly. So, Very you're gonna, so you're gonna are you gonna split the White family? Because now you know Harper is no longer with the White family. Right. So you're down to two people, and now he's gonna go for a belt. Well, w- rumor has it that it's gonna turn into uh like Wyatt is basically going to get his position at WrestleMania. That's what I've been reading and hearing, but I don't know if that's true. Obviously, nobody can unless you're working for WWE, but that's what I've been hearing. And uh, 
I mean, it could be, but why the fuck not just have him win the Rumble if that was what you're going to do? I don't know, just stupid. Well, exactly. Make make it make the fans leave happy, you know? Right. And like, why Orton every year is, do they have to leave mad? Yeah, and like Orton hasn't won in a while. I think his last win was in the '09. Yeah, but I think you're right. Still, like, who really like who cheers for Orton? Yeah, uh, I don't know anybody. You know, um, I, mean, I, I think he's it, great, but I still wanted Jericho to win, and then it'd be like friend versus friend at Mania. You know, and then you know, let's say have Jericho beat Owens at Mania, and then Owens gets it back on Monday, and then you know Jericho can go on his Fozzie tour after that. Yeah, that I, that's been I thought he was leaving. Like I'm surprised he's still here, but I feel like he's doing so well. He probably and is he's delaying the, his tour. He's the U.S. champion. Yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty um, sure he's going to leave after Mania. Yeah, most likely. I yeah. I don't understand why the hell he kept going out of the ring. Like, and why did they need him to be in the match so long if he was just going to sit outside the ring for the majority of the time he was there? He's a if he heel. wasn't going to win. That's what heels do. Yeah, well, you know what? Though? Didn't he didn't he break a uh, a time uh, yeah, record? That was within like the first like f- couple seconds of him being in the ring, couple minutes. The thing is, right now, I don't think you can have too much Jericho. So I was just rooting yeah. for him the whole time. I love him. He's fine, but I've been there, seen that. Let's give something different. Give somebody new a chance. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say about it, but it is slipping my mind, so I guess I'll just move on. Have you ever watched uh, wrestling porn? <laughs> Can't say that I have, Mark. I saw a video, uh-huh. and it it wasn't it wasn't porn, but it was it was a Paige and her mom. And they were doing submission wrestling, like in like in the like there was a ring, but it was like a there was no there was nobody in in the, in the hall. It was just like the ring. Uh-huh. And what's creepy is that they're doing a lot of submission holds, and they're groaning a lot. And what's even creepier is that they're mother and daughter. So like this, she's got no. You can Google that shit. Up. I saw that on YouTube. So oh it's like ah ah. Oh, and into a different submission, into a different submission. It was creepy because it's mom daughter. That's It'd be so, so hot if it was sister sister, but mom daughter, <laughs> nah, nah, not in my hard drive. Oh God, I love Paige so much. I miss her on me too. WWE. That's go. why I could finish because it was. I mean, like the video. <laughs> I could finish the video. Oh, I was okay. watching it. I was watching the video. Gotcha. Um, because it was Paige. But it was so yeah. creepy that it was, you know, she was submission wrestling her mom with like, oh, Lord. it was, it was weird. Oh, man. Google it. <laughs> Google it. Ah, oh, so, um, yeah, I'm also readying myself to start tackling my uh, graphic novel challenge for this year. Um, and I actually made a, a made, made a bit of an addendum to that one just to make it easier to track. So the average graphic novel usually has about four to six issues in it, right? So I... Excuse me. I went in the middle and said five. And so my goal is to read 26 graphic novels or 130 single issues because really it's the same thing. I just I found a boatload of like specific arcs I want to read on Marvel Unlimited and it'll be a hell of a lot easier to track it that way instead of as a like collection or whatever. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I have a bunch there. I'm going to restart my Marvel Unlimited collection here this month. So I'm excited to do that. Um, and then other than that, you know, I've been playing some more FIFA 16, uh, and that's about it. Not a real big media week for me. Sunday was taken over by the Royal Rumble, and I was kind of just waiting for that all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so awesome. 
let's move over to our review for this week. So, this week we are reviewing Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. And as always, just a reminder, there will be spoilers for this film and all the previous five, four other four. films yeah. <laughs> that we've talked about thus far. So if you've not seen this film, make sure you pause the podcast, go watch it, come back and hit play and listen to our review of it. So Resident Evil Retribution from 2012, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson once again, has an mm-hmm. IMDb score of 5.4 out of the uh, 109,256 votes. It has a Metacritic score of 39. A tomato meter of 31% and an audience score of 51%. It had a $65 million budget with a $42.3 million domestic gross. And since Mark brought it up this last week, I wanted to look it up and actually had a $240 million worldwide gross, which is just crazy. Just under 200 million worldwide when it only made about 42 in the US, which is fascinating to me. But- Okay, what's our history with this one? This, uh, me, this was actually the first time I've ever seen this film, period. Same. Who else is in the same boat? Same. I watched it once previously. Okay. Don't say anything other than, uh, just answer this question. Did okay. you like it more or less on this viewing, Mark? Less. Okay. Actually, you know what? No, same. Same? Oh, okay. With the same in like red That's letters. Surprising. Because and of the, exclamation points and an and unhappy face. You know, so we generally don't talk about our thoughts on a film before the podcast. Um, but, Mark, you posted in our um, our feed that we used to chat with each other um, mm-hmm. that you – Send pictures. Right. Uh, your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, you always post that. And Ash and I still have not taken you up on that offer. But Whatever, guys. <laughs> But the way you posted it made it sound like it was something that was surprising to you the way you felt about it. So I thought maybe this was the first time you'd seen it or if it was – or if you had seen it, that this was a very different take on it. So that's interesting to, to learn. But Well, the thing is, you know, I, I didn't watch, uh, I guess, four and five back to back. Okay. Um, and so rewatching it now, I'm like – Anyways, we'll we'll, we'll discuss my my yeah. inner feelings about this film as we progress. Perfect. Did you like the? Did you watch it in three D? Yes. Ash, you watched uh, DVD copy, right? Yes. Okay, I watched it in three D also because I thought as I was getting ready to start that my disc was only three D, and so I had the glasses on. It took me forever to get like new glasses. Some other ones had the battery had died, and so like I was already committed to the fact that I have to watch this in three D. And then it pops up. Do you want to watch it in three D or two D? I was like, ugh. Oh. Well, I guess I'm watching it in 3D because I've already spent all this time. And so I ended up watching it in 3D also. And for me, I thought the 3D was instantly impressive right when the movie started. Like, I really liked the 3D in this film. It just felt very natural to it, even more so than the last movie where it felt like it was more tacked on or more gimmicky, I guess, with more things coming at you. This had a few things that were coming at the screen, but I felt like maybe, and I'm, I might be wrong and Ash, you can correct me, but I felt like if you were watching this in 2D, it wouldn't be as distracting as the last film. Uh, no, it was not as distracting. Okay. Not well, that's good. See, yeah. we start off on a positive note. I did watch uh, the, uh, because I watched it twice uh, okay. when I wrote my notes, uh, I watched it in 2D. Um. And yeah, it didn't feel as gimmicky like you're playing to the camera in this one. Right. Yes. You know, like, exactly. oh, you're shooting right and they're right at the screen type of thing. Yeah. It didn't feel that way with this one. So um, how, what did you think about the 3D then in the film, Mark? 
overall. I think it was I okay. Um, okay. I wish I saw the previous one in 3D because I think I would have enjoyed it more. Oh, okay. Again, yeah, that's true. going back to the whole shower uh, Axemen fight scene. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I, I thought this one was again. I'm just distracted by these the amount of sh- of plastic looking uh, green screen effect. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I see just more in this one. Than you said you noticed it more. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, like she's not running down a long hallway. It's a fucking 3D effect. She's taking five steps and it's done. I just I just can't get into this world. I. I I'm burnt out on Resident Evil. <laughs> Fuck Umbrella. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, I just, I couldn't get into it. Like, I just want movies to be on a fucking film set instead of just behind, you know, a green sheet. Is it too hard to ask? Is it? Well, yes. n- n- no, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, oh, so I know the moment you're talking about the running down the hallway, and I would agree with you that looked like shit. But other than that, again, with this one, I. There, I had no problems with it looking like it was being filmed in front of a green screen, and I, I'd like, to, I like to think, or I, I did like to think that I was pretty picky on stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I'm clearly not. As, as, uh, it's, it doesn't bug me as much as it bothers you. I'm not able to perceive it as well as you're able to perceive it. I guess. Yeah. Well, they, they, they say I was born with a keen eye, so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah i just it, it just it just bugs me because i know what they're interacting with is not there and everything is you know they're jumping down you know fucking tunnels or they're you know they're they're shooting like the scene where ada wong shot the you know uh they had all those desks rise up from the ground yeah and all the dead people in on the desks mm-hmm. if you look at ada shooting everybody she shoots through the glass. The glass doesn't shatter, and there's backsplash of blood on the glass. It's just people miss out on some like finer details, and it just takes it out for me. Like, how the fuck did she have curving bullets? Did the bullet curve over the glass to shoot the guy in the head, and then it splashed back on the glass? Things like that just bug me, and uh, I just can't. I just can't get over that. Do you hmm, know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, I know what you're talking about, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't catch that, I guess, or didn't see that. I, I don't know. Yeah, like she's uh, shooting everybody well, that's sitting at a desk, and there's like a glass or like a, like a, like a, a thin screen interface, and she's shooting through the interface, but the interface doesn't even break. It just like the the bullet phases through the the interface and hits the person in the head, but then the blood then splashes black, splash, splashes back on the interface. I'm like, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. maybe if I caught it, it, it would bug me, but I, I yeah. didn't. I don't know. Well, like, it's just. I don't suggest you watch it again. I don't suggest you ever watch this ever again. Um, I feel like right from the get go. I first off, I really like that shot of Alice in the water with the like the the way uh, ripples going out from under and just the way it shot. I really like that. The backlight was really cool. But the mm-hmm. music and just that such like it made it feel like uh, like a different film entirely than what we've seen previously. Okay the the opening sequence pissed me off. Really, I really liked yeah. it. The, the going in reverse. You're talking. Yeah. Well, the, the reverse didn't. I didn't mind the reverse. I thought that was kind of neat. And then okay, we get the intro, and then they fast forward through the whole fucking thing going forward. 
It's like, I wanted to see that action. That pissed me off. I'm like, oh, you fuckers. It's like you spent all this time to do it in reverse. I would like to see it in forward motion. See, I'm the opposite. I like that they didn't because I was thinking, oh, I hope they don't replay this whole thing because I've just watched the entire thing. I just watched it backwards, but I've already seen everything. I hope they don't spend another five minutes going through the whole thing in in regular motion. Yeah, the reverse just bothered me. I would rather they have just done it forward motion like the you know movie he started off like the other ones with you know resident evil whatever you know my name is alice you know and they just went through that and then we just jumped in from there because it just it pissed me off because it's like there's a lot of neat action that i would love to have seen in forward mode to reverse slow-mo but hmm. you know whatever yeah i guess yeah just personal preference i guess on that one a, a few things do bug me um mm -hmm. with the opening um what happened to the Redfields? Yes. The Redfields just vanished. We don't know anything about them. Now, I don't know if they're in the next one or not. I, I didn't look on IMDb because I don't want to. Um, right. Just yeah, because right. we're talking about this movie today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to taint anything. But I'm like, where, where the fuck did uh, Chris and uh, what's her name go? You know? Um, and Kmart. You know, she did too. Like, yeah, right. Go ahead. So, uh, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt you. So just th that really bugged me. Um, that's that's the main thing. Okay. Um, now you see, and another thing, which I guess when we get to the end of the movie, kind of makes sense. But I'm like, why is Umbrella killing all these innocent people? I guess we find out later on. But initially, I'm like, what's like, what's with the hate on killing all these innocent survivors? Like, if you kill all the survivors, then why are you even working on the virus? <laughs> you know. Um, so that does get explained a bit later, but and upon like initial start, it's, it's frustration. Um, I, I just don't understand their motive. Um, well, th and then of course we learn later on. Um, but th the one positive I do have for this film and for the opening sequence, and I think the final fight sequence as well, mm -hmm. it is the score. I really like the music. In oh this man. Or in this, in this movie. Interesting. Um, yeah, that that's like my one bright uh, shining star for the film is there's there's one like a thematic theme that they play a few times, um, mm -hmm. and I just loved it. See, I thought it was too much. Like I thought it was it was as if they were trying to make this more epic than yes. it deserved, and that's what bugged me. And I think it was a mix of the way it was shot with the obscene amount of slow motion. Yeah. And the score just building it up. It just, God damn, excuse me. I'm drinking wine and I just keep burping. I apologize. Oh, oh my. But yeah, it just, it bugged me. Like I would much rather have that metal score, that metal soundtrack behind these okay. fights than this, this larger thing that they're doing in this film. Okay. I just like the song. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Um, yeah. And so I think kind of going back to what happened to the Redfields and everything like that, but it's, it's it kind of the, the major problem from beginning to end with this movie mm -hmm. is that, and please, if I'm wrong and I just missed something, let me know. But I just, I felt like it didn't really advance the plot forward in this world almost at all. It, the only thing it does is introduce the fact that the Red Queen is trying to eliminate humanity. Yeah. 
But other than that, we have an hour and a half of just action sequence after action sequence trying yes. to escape this this uh, you know underground underwater under ice layer of umbrella. Yeah. But it's like I, if you could skip this movie and just know that the Red Queen is trying to kill humanity, and I don't think you'd miss anything. And that's why I, I hope I, the last one kind of explains some of those loose ends that we have so far. Yeah, no, I, I find. Oh, both go ahead. Of these, both of these kind of. This one actually kind of has a start and finish to it, so it feels a little bit more self-contained. I think, uh, mainly because it's Alice dealing with some of her, you know, internal issues. That, yeah. Um, but I would uh, agree absolutely. Uh, so this one actually has like a plot as opposed to just kind of you know running in neutral there at least. Well, but, let me clarify. But, I don't mean that it doesn't have a plot. I just mean that it doesn't have a plot that advances the universe that they've created up to this point. Oh no, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. the, the, the previous movie existed to strip Alice of her powers from Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. And this movie existed to put the powers back so that we could have them for the final movie. Right. Okay. Question though. Does she really need to have her powers back? Like <laughs> she fought in this movie, like she had her powers to begin with. Now, I don't think she was completely cured as a human because I think her body was fighting whatever Wesker gave her in the last film. So I don't think she's fully human. I think she's just a bit more, a little more superhuman. But she didn't need it. She's doing fucking standing moonsaults. So she's (laughs) jumping from a planted position, backflip while shooting guns and killing zombies. No fucking human can do that, okay? So this whole thing of I took your powers away and I'm giving you back at the end, I'm like, she was superhuman to begin with. And that's a problem I had with this movie. So they send out four guys to fucking save her. She didn't need those four guys to save her. She could have done it herself. It was just a way to add more characters from the video game um, into the film. And that's what everything felt shoehorned to me. And I just didn't like it. Okay. Speaking of, I understand having Ada Wong in the movie. Why in the fuck? Other than the fact that that's her costume from the video game. Is she wearing an evening gown in the apocalypse? Why? <laughs> Why? Why is Jill Valentine's hair blonde now? You know, because it's a yeah. video game. Yeah, right. it, that irked the fuck out of me. I'm like, really? You know, I will the, say, I thought Jill Valentine was again over the top. I and mean, that's just maybe her acting style as the actress. But I think it actually good. made more sense to this, to her character this time around than it did the first time we saw her. So I think she was actually better in this film than she was in the past. Uh, well, I still liked her. Computer, though, so, you know. Yeah, say that one. I didn't. It, it, oh, good. What'd you say, uh, Ash? I missed it. I'm sorry. She was being controlled directly by a computer, though, too. Right. Exactly. And that's why I think it that oh, kind of over the top style uh, was a little, made more sense this time around. And that's another thing. She's got a scarab on her, on her chest. Mm-hmm. Alice knows what they are. Why didn't she fucking take care of that right off the bat? Thank you. That's exactly what I said. Why wait till the end of this fucking movie to pull that off her chest when you know that's what's causing this? Like, it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Same as Ada Wong infiltrating to to save her, but then having four other guys infiltrating to save her as well. It's like, aren't you all on the same page? I don't know. I I just felt this was trained to just smash as much video game into a live action film. Because even like Leon Kennedy... I'm sure Johan Erb is a good actor, but I don't find he fit the role. He, he looked too European for me. Leon Kennedy should be, you know, more 
American, and I just couldn't get Johan's take on his on this character. It just, apart from the haircut, it just didn't gel with me at all. Well, I'll admit, I thought I I didn't mind that at all. I didn't know what his background was. I guess, um, but He's an under a model. Oh <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, I listened to the comment. I'm sure you listened to the comment. No, I listened to commentary <laughs> with uh, it was uh, Mila, uh, Paul Anderson, and uh, Boris who plays uh, Luther West, and him okay. and uh, Johan knew each other because they were both underwear models. Luther West's actor is named Boris. Boris Kodjo, uh, K-O-D-J-O-E. Yes, that is fascinating to me. Okay, he doesn't look. He doesn't look like a Boris. <laughs> doesn't look like a Boris. No, he no. doesn't. Okay, yet, yet. <laughs> you know what else is crazy? So I thought Ada Wong. I thought she looked like Ada Wong. Yeah. Uh, the actress' her name is Bing Bing Lee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Completely, her voice is dubbed over by the person who actually plays Ada Wong in the in the video game. Are you serious? They dubbed her voiceover. Oh. They dubbed her voice completely over with the with the actual voice actor from the game. Wow, I didn't catch that at all. Okay, that, okay. What, this one bugged the shit out of me too. Okay. Um, Wesker talking to them over the video screen. I have no problem yes. with that. You know him him you know giving the brief. He basically does this info dump, so he makes his role completely useless, pointless anyway. Because we could have gotten that on the run. But did anyone else notice that he looked like a video game character yes. as opposed to an actual fucking actor? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I was like, why are they using CGI here when they have the actor? They could just film. Like, I don't I understand I that. Like, this is so terrible. Yeah, that was yeah. annoying. So I'm he he gave a lot of information and I honestly I probably missed half of it because I fucking hate him and so I just like tuned him out and started writing <laughs> shit about bad about him on my computer. But what? Uh-huh. Why is he a good guy now, or why because, is he helping her now? Okay, because, because just the Red Queen. Okay, yes. okay, that's it. That makes sense. That, and yes, as so- I asked that, I thought about it, and that's what I was figuring. Okay, yeah, so pretty much the Red Queen has taken over Umbrella, so he's defected. Now, how is he in the fucking Oval Office? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and now and that's the reason why all these sh- gunships went after the Arcadia. It's because it's all clones of the Red Queen. Okay. It, it's yeah. all it's all clones. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no more like real humans in right. Umbrella. It's Red Queen and her and her toys. Gotcha. <laughs> so we didn't get a um uh, a Mila nip slip on this one. No, we got we did side. get her. Yeah, and we did get her in her, in the underwear when she like wakes up in the bed yeah. that morning. She yes. is so, a beautiful woman. She's wearing a very nice wig. Yes, I like the wig. I did. I, I like the wig. I thought it was very nice. Yeah, I was so confused on what the hell was going on, and I thought like we were watching a long time. Like I felt like the movie went on for a long time without explaining what the fuck we were watching. Yeah. Was it like, was I watching, I didn't understand if I was watching a flashback, but then I was like, well, no, that's Oliviera. Like, that can't be a flashback. But then it's like, is this a f- alternate reality? Like, what the hell am I watching? And I felt like we watched it for probably 20, 30 minutes before I realized, oh, okay, this is what's going on. So before we meet Ada Wong, I thought it yeah. went a long time leaving us in the dark, which I think is not a good thing necessarily. Because all I'm thinking about is what the fuck is going on and why, as opposed to actually following some type of character arc or some type of plot arc, you know? Yeah. Me, after seeing this movie a few years ago, I still had no recollection of this. Yeah. And I'm like, what the – am I watching his version of Dawn of the Dead? 
Because <laughs> oh, yes, like the thank the you. Yes. Yes. I had the exact same thought. That's so funny. I love that you said because that. Because we're society. Yep. And symbiotic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Amen. no, I, I didn't uh, – I think this movie is a complete fucking mess. <laughs> That's why I'm surprised it got 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm like, wow, somebody's yeah. generous. I was honestly surprised that it had a higher rating all around than the last film. But um, one thing I, I – and I, I didn't – and just to throw it out there right now, like I didn't hate everything about this movie. Like uh, I was disappointed in it, absolutely, but there were some things I enjoyed. Um, and one of them, like I, I – like – I almost fucking die. Like I almost had a fucking heart attack. Like my, I could feel my heart pounding for probably 60 seconds after this jump scare happened. And okay. it just threw me for a fucking loop. One of the best jump scares I've seen in a long time. So we are watching Jill and uh, what's uh, Carlos? Olivia? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Carlos. Yeah. So he and her and the, and the daughter are, are just kind of living life and then he's like oops i spilled this on me and she's like oh go get it and then he, she like spanks him and he looks and then all of a sudden that fucking zombie like my heart's pounding now just thinking about it comes out of fucking nowhere and scared the ever-loving hell out of me oh i wish i could feel that yeah i, I feel so numb to this stuff i'm like yeah yeah i wish i could feel I wish I could feel what you're feeling. I know. I wish you could too, because man, my heart was pounding out of my chest. Yeah, I really? Good. I was not expecting that either. I, I know. Like, it was just, man. <laughs> and I think, <sighs> I think it's so intentional because I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on that I'm not even thinking, oh, there's about to be a zombie come anytime soon because like, it's like a peaceful, nice world. Yeah. This alternate reality that I'm watching. And then all of a sudden it just smacks you in the face and it's like, oh my God. And I knew it was different because they were – I was I wrote down. I was like, I thought they were kind of slower zombies when the outbreak started. Mm-hmm. And now they're running and they have the flower face thing going on, which doesn't happen until later. And this, I was just so confused. And, but, and that's one thing though that I don't understand mm-hmm. is that you get bit by the zombie and you will develop that flower thing like right away. So you'll turn and you'll have a flower thing in your throat. That made no sense to me. But I'm not a scientist. I mean, it's all this alternate world that they've created. So I feel like they could do whatever they want with it with a button, push of a button. That and photosynthesis, I suppose. <laughs> Obviously. That's always the answer. Obviously. We got Alice in a paper towel again. So there was that. Yes. I, 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 and you know what, though? She still looks the same. You know? I know. I, I, yeah. She, she must be drinking uh, blood of virgins or something. Right. You know? yeah, exactly. It does not fucking age. No. Nope. Unreal. And you know, it, it, as much as I uh, am poo-pooing the second half of this series, mm-hmm. um, I really do love Mila Jovovich. Yeah, uh, Son of a bitch. Um, I, I really enjoy her, you know? Just say it again. Um, I'll edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> I really love Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Shit, did it again. Um <laughs> You know, so 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 it's nothing against against her. It's just I think the material sucks. But I am I am a fan of hers. Um, so as much as I'm maybe negative on this film, mm-hmm. I, I I'm smitten. And I was so happy she was back with a commentary track, yeah, which I was really just her and Boris, like you know, making jokes. Yeah. So I really have nothing of of views regarding <laughs> the commentary. But it's just fun. She seems to have like she's got this lust for life, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love it. Her her laugh is infective, which is not my new ringtone. <laughs> her laugh is that creepy. 
Is that creepy? Is that cre- no, no, that's totally is, normal. Is that creepy? <laughs> totally normal. He's in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was a moment where um, Alice was trying to escape. I think it was right after. Mm, no, it might have been right before she met Ada Wong. I don't know. Um, anyway, she was shooting all these people, all these zombies that were running at her, like all the shots to the head. I'm is sure you in, guys didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. But I a really like Kill Bill. Yes. Like in the white hallway. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. I thought it looked really cool. Even though I, I assume they were all CGI, uh, but I thought they looked really good and I thought it was a really cool scene. I just can't get by her 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 attacks. It just you know, as a non superpower, you know, and she's doing all these flips and bullshit. I just ah, no, I I just can't. I I know it's a movie, but I just ah, it's one thing I just can't let go is how fucking stupid some of these action scenes are. Cool for a video game, but I'm not watching a video game. I'm watching a movie based on a video game, and. I, <laughs> I guess I just want a little realism. I know it's dumb. It's zombie movie. Oh, it's man. dumb, and I, they did things so well in number three, uh, which was Extinction, and it just seems they're just they're just putting all like zombie. They're putting the franchise movie and game into a blender, and they're just pouring out what is blended into like a bake uh, cookie pan, putting that for three fifty for thirty minutes in the oven, and then there's your film. It's it's a mishmash hodgepodge. Um, you know, that's fair enough. But I, I didn't even have a second thought about, oh, she's a human. How is she doing these leaps and things like that? Uh, because she wasn't doing the things she was doing in Nemesis, where literally taking a step and jumping 20, 30 feet in the air off a car. Like, those types of things weren't happening in the, in this movie. And so I yeah. could, I was yeah. fine with her jumping in a, you know, standing somersault, if you will. Uh, fucking backflip shooting two zombies in midair. Oh, bullshit. Bye. I love you, Mila. <laughs> um, the other action sequence I really liked was the car chase scene. Yes. I thought that was really cool. And that, that like brainy zombie creature thing. Yeah. That, I thought it was that's, really cool That's too. the liquor from the first movie. Yeah. That is the Oh, I thought so. I knew it was. I yeah. wasn't positive. Okay. Yeah, it's like that, evolved that, though, that right? better for yeah. it, but it's still yeah. like, Shitty CGI. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I thought it looked really good. Um, I thought it looked pretty good too. It's super huge, which I thought that's the size that they should have been to begin with. Yeah. But compared to the first movie, it looked awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will give you that. Compared to the first movie, it looked awesome. But it was just like, it, it was just, even amongst the CGI background backdrops that I knew were CGI, it's like, it still looks CGI. You guys can't get your fucking lighting right or what? Yeah. But, that that was yeah, it just it it stuck out. It looked like it was pasted in later. That that was yeah. the thing that. And what else? That as much as I enjoyed the the uh, the chase scene, two things bugged me. One, those Russian zombies, they must have put Soviet ninety a hundred. Cl- I'm the, just kidding. Soviet Russian or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're so funny. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, like they shot that sh- that car to shit. Mm-hmm. And nobody got hit with a three bullet. That, like they got one. So yeah, they got the one zombie on a motorbike, fucking yeah. right <laughs> at the driver's side window, right. shooting both sides of the car. So both windows shatter, but nobody got hit. That nobody even was deaf. Come on, I know. Like that whole that aspect bugged me a lot because 
we basically only lost like one care of our characters and it was the com- guy on the computer like throughout the first three quarters of the movie and i was like how is nobody dying like you have to sacrifice somebody here like there are millions of of bullets going off like do kill somebody for fuck's sake (laughs) and what else is funny and it's a sign of the times because i don't see these anymore is that the car had spinner hubcaps i know (laughs) yeah oh god it was so big when I was in high school. <laughs> oh, man. I remember a guy that I uh, used to be part of a wrestling crew with. Yeah. Had plastic spinners on his fucking Sunfire. <laughs> <laughs> a Pontiac Sunfire two-door oh, with that plastic gray spinners. That's amazing. Oh, so dumb. I wanted some for my mom's minivan so fucking badly. <laughs> of course. Oh. How are you supposed to pick up chicks? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. It's spinner yeah. hubcap. Damn. Uh, Love that. Yeah, I, I had a giggle. <laughs> I liked um, when the Red Queen says, you're all going to die down here. And Alice says, I've heard that before. I love that. I thought that was really cool. That was a nice callback. Yeah. Um, um, I I like that the Executioner like zombies are back. Um, I think their their axes were really badass. Um, but it bugged the hell out of me. And so this is kind of a, a Mark thing, I guess I'll call it. Okay. That they knock over the the taxi cab gets thrown over they're literally standing like four feet behind it and they blow it up and nothing happens to them even though they are literally four feet behind this giant explosion of this vehicle they don't show them jumping behind another car they don't show them like anything just as if nothing happened it's like oh really that's that's a little weak and i i felt they kind of you know, they repeated some of the formula from the last film. You had the, you know, duck the axe again. Yep. And this time there were two of them instead of one. Right. I, I thought the one in Rich, uh, fuck, what was the last one? Um, Afterlife. I thought the Afterlife Executioner was a lot better than two in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did like when they're shooting at it and they're like shooting in the head. Yeah. Just the way that the bullets impacted with the yeah, blood. I agree. And just the sound, that sounded cool. Mm-hmm. But uh I I thought I thought they should they shouldn't have brought him back for this one. Yeah. Something new, like, something different. Not don't yeah. just rehash everything we've gotten in the past. Yeah, and then double it. It's not gonna make it right. better. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um so one thing and maybe I just knew with this was it felt like a rehash of a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and that, and it and it was like there's no way you could say it wasn't like they're literally using the same sets, you know, like obviously yeah. it's all CGI. But you know what I'm saying? Like those yeah. same set pieces, the same monsters, and again, it's not moving forward at all. Like no, no, honestly, the, this film is like you're you're on the treadmill. You know, you're walking, yeah. but you're not moving. Right. Um. So one thing I didn't understand, and maybe I missed it, or maybe they explained it in the commentary. Check, so why was why were they doing sign language with the little girl, and why was she doing sign language? Because she could talk, yes. and I felt like they were saying things to her that she was hearing. So what was the sign language thing all about? Well, because the actress, she herself is deaf. Oh, they, okay. They saw her. Uh, I guess they saw her audition tape, and they loved her. Because huh. I guess she was also in the movie Orphan, which I can't recall her being in, but she oh, was in. okay. And they loved the movie. They got her casting tape. They loved her. So they turned her character into a deaf girl. So she wasn't okay. originally going to be a deaf girl, but because they, they really liked uh, the actress, they modified the role for her. That's interesting. Yeah. So she was, uh, she's uh, legit, uh, she's legit deaf. Okay. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Um, I did like that we got basically like a complete opposite uh, anti NRA Michelle Rodriguez in this film. Oh, yeah. Um, I I liked that. I thought that was pretty fun because you never really see her play anything other than a badass. Yeah, and, and I like that. I, and I've always liked Michelle. Oh, me too. And again, I find that she hasn't really aged. I don't know. You know? You're absolutely right. Um, and just having different variations of her was awesome. Mm-hmm. And just again, she made a comment in the first Resident Evil commentary that she doesn't do sequels, and now she's back <laughs> in number six. Um, right. And maybe we'll see her in seven because she's a clone. So who knows? Again, I don't know who the cast is. I don't want to find out until I sit down. Right. But um, I'm expecting to see her again in, in this one here. Cool. Um, now, what I really liked a lot was that they included Barry Burton the character mm-hmm. in this movie because he's in the first one yeah and he's played by kevin durant which i really like mm-hmm. but because it's kevin durant um you kind of expect the character to die because he tends to die a lot in movies <laughs> he's like a sean bean character where you know he's in the movie he's probably going to die um but i really dug his performance as barry yeah i thought he was pretty good i just feel like he didn't really do too much until the very end when he's like deciding to take on the other guy like the bad guys basically unfortunately they're taking a fun character and they're just you know throwing him in just because yeah right i don't think they expected to do another movie after this one um yeah i could you know i feel it felt like that yeah yeah um so we talked about however already that we had some um um, dawn of the dead influence earlier Mm-hmm. Um, when we were, when they were in suburbia in the house, I could not shake the feeling of Kill Bill when they're doing the, um, um, the wife and, uh, I don't remember the character's name. She was the African-American woman with the little girl in the house and like the cereals all over the floor. I can't remember what her character's name was, but they're doing oh, that uh, fight. Uh, oh, fuck me. Uh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking, you know what about. I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. I couldn't, I couldn't get that feeling out of my head during that scene. I don't know why. So that, that popped up at that point. And then later on, I felt like, uh, there was an alien influence with the fact that the liquor mm-hmm. kidnapped somebody and then took it and like put it in this like cocoon type thing, which you see. Sure. And I think you might only see in the director's cut of alien. Ash, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, the director's cut of Alien, they do that, but I mean, you can see it in Aliens too. They put them in the the wall stuff, right? Yes, so. yeah. I have I've seen Alien more recently, so that's why that one came in my head. But I, I just a lot of influence from other ones, other mm-hmm, films. Totally. So, what did you guys think about the fact that they turn Alice into the a mother figure in this movie? I didn't like it at all. Okay, I'm like, why? You know. Like, why have her, you know, it's not really her daughter, but I guess in a way it is because it's all clones of her, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, she's got a daughter and of course, and she's a mute daughter, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. how, how many more stumbling blocks do you want to give her to get, you know what I mean? So now it becomes an escort mission, which Resident Evil, like, especially number four, they're known for their escort missions, right? Yeah. So in a way, it kind of makes sense if you want to follow the game. But I'm like, seriously, like, why keep her and not everybody else? You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't care less. What about you, Ash? I liked it, actually. Um, okay. I, I liked, uh, it's like, um, Ripley's whole motivation in Aliens, actually, uh, for her helping Newt because she lost her daughter. And it, you know, it was like, as soon as she walked in that house, I knew she was going to go looking for the kid. And it was just, yeah. Like, yeah, 
it's like and when she went up to that closet it scared the shit out of me because i thought the girl was going to be in the closet and it was going to be a fake jump scare and then all of a sudden the fucking zombie cop came out and i was like god damn it got me again (laughs) but (laughs) no i i liked it um i think a lot of it had to do with the actress that they had for the girl though Mm um i think i don't know It, it just worked that relationship um yeah it reminded me a little bit of her relationship with um, uh, what's her face, but not quite the same. You know, she was protecting the girl. Oh yeah, that able to, but she wasn't right. It wasn't her daughter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and so that's I'm kind of falling more to Ash's side on this one. So I think it's completely random, but at the same time, if there was a character in this series that would that this works for i think it is alice one obviously she's the one that we've seen in all these films but also she's the one that has shown kind of that emotional connection right from the very first film that's what i said she's like the only character that showed any emotion towards somebody else in that movie really um and it kind of stays throughout the whole series like you're talking about in the second one with the with the doctor's daughter that scientist's daughter and then um um in um which one the third one, uh, the hell's the With third Kmart? one called? Uh, Extinction. Uh, Kmart. Extinction. It's more, um, oh my God, Ellie Larder's character, whose name? Claire. Claire's character. Claire. She's more the mother figure in that one to her. But still, um, I feel like it kind of makes sense because of the emotional build that has been happening over the past five films. And I think that uh, Mila does a really great job with it, even though it is kind of odd. Um but, you know, I, I like that it didn't make her character weak or soft in any way whatsoever. Like, she's still a badass. And the emotion we've seen from her in the past, it just, it worked well as this mother figure. So I think they make it work, even though it really shouldn't, or it didn't have to. Because you could have done it without it, and it would have been fine. But I think, I think they were able to make it work well enough. Movie without, without that, I don't think I would have liked it at all. And I like this movie. Well, I think it is kind of an emotional crush. Yeah, the emotional arc and everything. Yeah. I think the girl is a throwaway character, and I'll bet you 20 bucks that she's not in the sequel, or she's not in this movie coming up the final chapter. Well, that's not a bad idea. I imagine you're right. I bet she's written off. Like, like Kmart became a whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, she had her her role in three. You know, she got saved in four, and then she got completely disregarded in five. Um, I think this girl here, she was a plot just to tug at a heartstring, whatever. And yeah. she will not even be mentioned in, in the, this movie that just got released. Yeah, it definitely feels like an easy emotional, I don't know, like crutch isn't it's the right crutch. word, but I guess it is. Okay, if you're going to say it too. It's an emotional <laughs> wheelchair. Right, yes, exactly. But again, I I didn't hate it. I, I actually liked it. And I think it's because of the fact that I just like the character, like Ash, like you were saying. But... Um, so kind of going toward the end here in that final fight, which, um, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good. Like it was, it was pretty long, but again, the, the, I hated the change in music. I didn't like that. And just the obnoxious amount of slow motion effects. Um, but I'll ask another question. What did you guys think? They had this bone breaking yeah. little, like, little mortal graphic, oh, x-ray God. cam. What did you guys think of that? I liked it just okay. because it showed how powerful that uh, the uh, Los Plagas virus is. Um, so it, to me, it shows that, you know, sure, you've got Jill and you've got Rain, but the real final badass is Rain. Um, 
she is not enhanced by a gadget. It's inside her now. It's become her. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. And okay. it's funny that, again, you mentioned the music that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did like. I know. <laughs> so it's actually that theme there that, 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 you know, we're coming to an end of our saga song. You know, yeah. it's like our, our, our two towers. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I liked Michelle's fight against the two guys. Mm-hmm. But I did not like Mila's fight because one, all the stupid flippy shit. And then there's that one sequence where Jill's got uh, Mila or Alice on the ground. Instead of attacking her more, she runs away to throw a spear at her and then runs back at her after. Yeah. I'm like, what? It just makes no <laughs> sense to me. And again, easy punch. You just take that bug off her, and then you know she's she's normal again. So yeah, yeah I I didn't I, I just don't like Jill as a blonde in this umbrella world. Even in the beginning, when she's dual wielding these pistols, it looks so awkward. It does not look cool. Uh, she's got no recoil. It would rip her arms. Yeah, I just don't like it. What were your thoughts on the X-ray cam thing, Ash? It was kind of out of the blue. <laughs> Yeah. Um. It was very CSI. Actually, I was just like, <laughs> it's like, wait, here what? we go again. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CSI does that shit all the time. Uh, but uh, no, I, it didn't distract me. I, it, it, I don't know. I thought the fight was overlong. Either way, even with even if you take those out, this fight still felt like it took. It was a bit long. I would definitely agree with you there. Um, but. The x-ray cam thing bugged the hell out of me. I thought it was just, really? again, corny. I did not like it at all. And That's there's hilarious. a couple points where they show the heart beating and then stopping. It's like you could show those in different ways where you don't have to all of a sudden bring in this thing that you've never used in the previous five movies, including the one I'm watching currently, and just toss it in here like with this x-ray cam thing. Like it just – there's other ways to show it. Show the – I don't know, arm bending in a different direction. Like, I, I don't know, Show use a different way that makes more sense to what I've been seeing uh, up to this point. I hated that. <laughs> and I, I thought the there was a lot of uh, the awkward sexual tension between Ada and Leon. I thought was really strange, which I don't know if we're going to get any more of that or if that's something that happens in the video game. I, I don't know, but I thought that was just odd. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What with Leon? Oh, the, uh, there was like sexual tension between Ada and Leon. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Okay, yeah, I don't um, know if it's from the game or what. I'm not sure. I, I read something about them coupling up in the video game, but oh. I can't recall what, which one. Okay. Um, Again, I don't expect to see Leon in this one either. No, me either. I really don't. If he was a bigger name like uh, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural, mm-hmm. maybe. But uh, <laughs> this guy, I, I, I'd be surprised. And I don't want to spoil it for myself, but... Uh, I'd be surprised to see a lot of returning characters in this movie. Yeah. But Did you, it, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, so my initial reaction, I wrote down, so the Red Queen has taken a life on her, uh, taken on a life of her own and she wants to see the end of humanity. That's just stupid. That was my initial reaction. Okay. Do you guys like this motivation to bring us into the last movie or? Well, it's like now we're the virus on the planet and she wants to exterminate us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, you know, we, we get to the end to get the whole, you know, uh, White House. Um, what was those flying things? I, I don't know, but flying I, things before. I really liked, I thought they were pretty cool looking and I'm really interested to see what they are, um, in the next movie, assuming that they're going to be there. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought like the that. final, 
final yeah, shot. I thought the final shot looked really good. Yeah. Um, now, is the movie going to start from there? I don't know. I know because it's five years later. So Yeah. And question for you. So she is shot up with another shot of T-virus. Right. Do you expect her to mutate like the other doctors at all? I'm expecting some some no. type of mutation a bit. No, because it's been – I thought it's been made pretty evident that she's like the only one whose body – Bonded to, bonded one, to it. Right. one dose of the T-virus. But now she's got double dosage. Well, so she has I'm double hoping, dosage. Why do you yeah, say I'm that? hoping for like a, a lazy eye or maybe she'll grow a unibrow. Like just something more monstrous, oh, you know? <laughs> something um, more monstrous. <laughs> Like, oh my god! Like she's gonna have to maybe like like Hulk up or something. I'm like she got the initial dose, but now she's being dosed twice. But she got the anti like the opposite, I guess the, the anti dose, the antivirus. Yeah, but, but now she has like the Las Plagas virus in her, right? So yeah. is she maybe gonna go a little plant like? Like I don't know. I'm expecting she's gonna. She, Looking at the posters for the next movie, it doesn't look like it. But I don't really? know. Really? Oh, that's that's too bad. Who knows? Because maybe she should be the final villain in her own movie. She's too powerful, you know? Now we're talking interesting like, stuff here. That could happen. Yeah. I'd be like, intrigued. Who's going to beat her? Red Queen's just a robot. Once her clones are done, her clones are done. Apparently, Alice is invincible because, you know, she can do anything. Um, now that she's like double dosed and she's got the Las Plagas as well, something tells me maybe she'll go crazy and we have to beat her up. Did she have the last place, or was that just a reuse of the same effect shot from the previous movie powering her? I'm thinking it's Lost Plages now. Just because it's been two movies now that they've introduced this plant thing. So I'm thinking that she's got the upgraded super virus. I don't know. I'm hoping. Don't you want to, like, French kiss that? Yeah. 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 That sounds fun. Photosynthesis. So, Mark, anything else to add that you learned from the uh, commentary track at all? Uh, absolutely not. Nothing. Okay. Um, it, it was fun, but uh, all my notes is pretty much just me bitching about the film. Okay. Yeah, um, fair enough. So, no, uh, I have to admit, though, the, the shot of rain falling through the ice and then the zombies going mm-hmm. after her, I thought, that was, I thought really that was really cool. Definitely. I like that. It was very yeah, cool. I, I thought that was a very cool shot. But mm-hmm. apart from that... Um, Oh, uh, quick, uh, something I did read that I thought was interesting. So, at the end of uh, Afterlife, um, the Arcadia was a real ship. And they wanted to use Arcadia for retribution. And apparently, it got retrofitted and it was back at sea. So, whatever you saw at the beginning with the Arcadia, it is all uh, shot on on a uh, soundstage. So, it's it's a fake boat. That's funny. What a weird, like, what a weird fact. I don't know, that's strange. Yeah, it was I, put back into use. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. But and apparently, uh, according to the script, that retribution is only a few weeks after afterlife. So I guess she was in prison for a few weeks. Oh, okay. And that's how she got away. So it isn't like years later that she was with Umbrella. You know, like in that yeah. pit. It's that's only a, a matter point. of weeks. I didn't even consider how f- how like far ahead that was. Yeah, so at that's the most, a month. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So what, Mark? Since you're since you're going go ahead, talk about your final thoughts and your star rating for uh, Resident Evil Retribution. Uh, I think this series jumped a shark. Last movie, um, I just after seeing the majesticness of Extinction, where they're in the desert, they're on uh, they're 
on the location. It's beautiful. And since then, it's been nothing but like CGI garbage. Um, uh, what did I give the last one? I gave it a one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One star. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this one. Oh, man. I really want to give it half a star. I'm going to give this one star as well. I just did not like it. It's If I want to watch a cartoon, I'll watch a cartoon. Um, yeah. Disappointed. Very disappointed. Okay. Now, Ash, before you tell yours, I wrote down that you gave Resident Evil Afterlife one star, but I think you gave it 1.5, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, I gave Afterlife one and a half. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't know why I wrote that down wrong, but anyway. Okay, so what's your um, what's your thoughts about and your star rating for Retribution? Um, I kind of have mixed thoughts on it because there are some things that just bothered me. A lot of stuff felt like a rehash, but then they kind of stuck it with and at first i was thinking about it i was like you know it's just another bridge movie there was nothing going on but mm-hmm. then uh, i started thinking about it and i realized that they did add something to it with with mia uh and her character's arc and with alice's arc specifically and i started thinking about it and i actually liked that part of it um i would have liked other surroundings around the movie some of the action sequences were great some of them look like utter crap um Still don't understand why Ada's running around in a freaking evening gown in high heels at the end of the world. <laughs> uh, especially when she's trying to infiltrate a base. And if she was infiltrating the base, she wouldn't want to look like one of the people out on the street. She'd want to look like one of the people working for Umbrella. Um, you know, Ash, okay. she always has a plan. Don't worry about Ada. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> a lot of it A lot of it felt just kind of tossed in. Um, it's just like, yeah, we have to throw these in from the game or these in for the, even the last Playas virus. It was like, yeah, that it felt shoehorned in. Um, that said, I liked some of the, you know, returning stuff. I liked seeing Odette again. Um, uh, but, uh, so I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. It just, I had a kind of mixed bag back and forth on it. So I'm going to give okay. one, uh, two and a half out of four. Two and a half out of four for Ash. Mark, say what you gave it again, because I didn't write it down like an idiot. A uh, one. One. Okay. So same as uh, same as Afterlife. Yeah, I- I'm debating giving it half a star. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I equally hated both films. But the first film, like the last one, had Kim Coates. This one doesn't. <laughs> but then we got some side view of Mila. The other one didn't. So it cancels because they're out. So I'm gonna give it another uh, a one as well. Good. See, these are our scientific ratings for our movies. Totally like scientific. Um, you so, should see my ruler. <laughs> uh, so Resident Evil Retribution, uh, it, it made it clear that this series is really losing steam for me. Um, and that's a shame because coming into this, I didn't think that at all. Um, but it's as if they ran out of ideas on how to move the story forward. So they just treaded water the entire time. Um, Because like we already mentioned, really, this film didn't advance the story of Alice or the world of Resident Evil much at all. It just gave us some fun action scenes and a look back to some of the characters we met in the first film. Um, But that's about it. And even though I like some of those action sequences, especially that car chase that we talked about, um, some of them were bogged down by over-the-top music that tried way too hard to make it feel more epic than it needed to be. And instead, it just made it feel corny for me. Um, It's almost as if Anderson forgot he was making a Resident Evil movie and he was wanting to do something more meaningful. So he's stuck in a crazy amount of slow motion, more than he has in the past, and an overwrought score to give it more meaning but it ended up backfiring on him i think um i love the action in these movies but here it felt like it was just trying too hard which is almost never a good thing and frankly if this was the last film in the series i'd be okay with that it's the first film that doesn't have me excited for the next one which is really 
disappointing. So I like some aspects of this one, but overall it just feels too overblown for the Resident Evil series and it does almost nothing to advance the plot in any meaningful way at least. So sure it gives Alice a kid, but even that could have done without. Um, so for me, this is the low point in the series and I'm really hoping that the final film finds the fun that made the first four films so enjoyable. So I'm going to give Resident Evil Retribution two out of four stars. For those keeping track at home, that's the first movie I actually didn't rate a three because all four films I've rated three three stars so far, except for this one, where I give it a two. Yeah, that's, I still find it baffling. You gave, it, you gave Afterlife three stars, but you know, I respect you as a person. <laughs> Good. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. At least one um, oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so next week, obviously we will be hitting the theater and watching Resident Evil, the final chapter. Unfortunately, Ash will not be able to join us next week. So it'll just be Mark and I, uh, but still tune in, still tune in. Um, and that wasn't a, that wasn't a dig at Mark. That was a dig at me, but, um, (laughs) I have to admit. I'm I'm pretty Resident Evil out. <laughs> I'm glad we're at the end of this arc because maybe seeing it in a theater will rejuvenate it all for you. Ah, uh, yeah. If I can put a hole in the popcorn bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You know what? I when I was thinking, this is kind of interesting because speaking of this is next. This is our 79th episode, obviously tonight, and next week will be our 80th. And I think in all 80 episodes, in terms of the main review on the film of these 80 episodes. I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever reviewed a film that we've watched in theaters as really? our main re- arc, uh, our main review for that week, for that episode. Ash, do you recall anything offhand that we did? Uh, Not offhand, no. No, I, there's nothing. Oh, I, nothing I can think of. So this will be a first. And honestly, I'm a little worried because normally I watch a movie and I take these, I take loads of notes. Where I'm going to the theater, I can't take loads of notes, so I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Next week could be like a ten minute review between Mark and I, and we'll move on. Who knows? Well, but depending on which so. theater you go see it in, <laughs> um, you might just be able to take some loads. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so it should be interesting. So it'll be a first for the podcast that I can at least that I can recall. Um, a um, film that's still in theaters will will see a review from us. So definitely Fun. hit the theaters Fun. if you can, because obviously there will be spoilers for that one. So make sure you go check out Resident Evil, the final chapter in theaters before uh, you listen to our next episode. But Look, Ma, we're current. <laughs> I know, finally. It only took <laughs> 80 episodes to get there. And we're going to go right back to something else after on episode 81. So Right back in the pit of awesome. That's right. So let's, uh, before we sign off for the day, let's move over to, over to the best thing in the backlog challenge round 16. I so this is of course where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And, uh, for this feature, each of us looks at the other's unwashed pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon instant video or voodoo and pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that before the next podcast where they then talk a little bit about that film. Speaking of, I need to find a way because I own some movies on Voodoo that I don't have on my list that you guys can pick from. I got to get those added on there because they should count, damn it. Sure. But anyway, so this week we actually picked for ourselves. We are back at picking for ourselves. So Mark, you watched Pixels. I sure did. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> Ash, you watched The Wailing, which is about as different from Pickles, Pixels as you can get. 
And I watched Cannibal Ferrex. So we were all over the map this week with what we were watching. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead and start out this week um, with uh, Cannibal Ferrex. So I've been wanting to watch some cannibal films recently. I, who knows why? I just had that desire. Um, and since I own the Grindhouse releasing Blu-ray of this one, I figured uh, this would be a good time to finally dive into it. Um, and I'm going to tell you up front, this wasn't really what I was expecting in terms of story, I guess. But um, just out of curiosity, Mark or Ash, have you guys seen this one? Yeah, I remember seeing it, but I probably couldn't give you any details on okay. it. Okay. And Ash, you haven't, you said? Nope. Okay. So uh, just a little summary of the plot here. So this group of, of three people head out to the Amazon because one of the girls is um, writing her dissertation on cannibalism and how it's basically just a myth made up by the white man to make these tribes look like beasts. Um, so they get there and they come across these two other American guys. Um, and these guys tell them this like horrific story about how the tribe that they're running from attacked them and started eating this third guy that they're with. Uh, he, he started like eating his penis and all this just horrific details. Um, so of course this scares them away and they want to leave, but instead they head right to where the tribe lives. I think they were running from something they got scared of and they ended up there, whatever. Well, I don't want to give away um, much of anything else because I really feel like that would be going into spoiler territory um, because that kind of happens later in the film. So I don't want to give that part away. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But that's pretty much all you need to know. You know yes, there is cannibalism. Um, but the reason for the cannibalism was a bit unexpected, I guess. Um, but anyway, this one has some really gross um, gore effects. But it's shockingly light on nudity. And it's kind of light on the gore effects, frankly. Um, if you've seen Cannibal Holocaust... You've seen worse, or you've seen more effects than what you're going to see here, because a lot, frankly, um, like the camera looks away at some of the points where you would expect there to be this tons of gross out gore effects. But um, yeah, anyway, um, the thing that surprised me most by was the l lack of nudity. Um, in fact, there's only one character who gets naked, and she only does so about twice in the entire film. But my biggest problem with, problem with the film, other than the really weak script that it had, it had to be all the animal killing, and that shit wasn't faked. Um, yeah. I mean, you're watching these real animals get killed and even tortured in some instances, um, and it's just difficult to watch. Um, you know, I didn't enjoy those scenes at all. And frankly, uh, it just made the whole thing uh, gross to me. Um, I wanted it to just be over with once the animal killing started which frankly was pretty early on in the film um I, I don't know it was it was good for a cannibal film i guess but i just wish there there was actual less uh less actual killing of the animals and more gore effects the director who's um umberto lenzi he proves that he could have made some really convincing gore effects instead of having to have the audience sit through these animals being tortured and killed but he chose to go that route anyway which was just hard to watch and he really he stays on it the first animal that's killed it's killed by a an anaconda and it's this fuzzy little creature that they've been with for a little while and uh you know it's going to get killed because they make it clear that you're carrying this animal so that it gets killed instead of you but like it's a lot like probably like 60 seconds or more of this thing just being killed being strangled to death by this anaconda it's just squealing like it's awful um, there's another point where this like giant turtle or giant tortoise whatever gets killed and the first thing they do is cut off its head but then they go to grab its legs to cut them off and they're still squirming like the things a lot like 
those are images that I'm never going to be able to get out of my head. They're just disturbing. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know, I'm such an animal lover and like shit like that. I just, uh, it just, I don't like it. It's not, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. It's not something I care to watch. I guess I'll say that, you know, I can watch the most disturbing shit in film because there's this knowledge in the back of my mind that whatever I'm seeing, it's fake. But that safety net, if you will, it goes away when you watch something like this. Um, if you can get past the animal killing, you might like it a little bit more than I did, but there's nothing changing the fact that the script is really weak. Um, there's this whole subplot of sorts that takes place in New York City, um, and the sheriff is searching for one of the guys that we're following in the Amazon. Um, and f- honestly, the movie could have done away with this entire subplot completely, and it would have made just as much sense. So I'm really not sure why we got it other than to pad the runtime. Um but yeah, I don't know. Cannibal Ferrix was difficult to watch, as you've probably heard. Um, and I doubt I'll watch it again anytime soon. But I would, that said, I would like to watch the special features on the disc. Um, because I really, I hope that they would give me a better appreciation for the film. Um, which, like I've said on Twitter in the past, it's almost never the case where I watch special features on a disc and like a movie less. I almost always appreciate it more. And I think mm-hmm. that would happen here. But. For now, as it stands, I got to give Cannibal Ferox one and a half out of four stars. Um, Mark, what do you remember about this film, if anything? Honestly, not much. Not, okay, not much at all. No, Fair I went enough. into a, a cannibal craze for a bit where I yeah. watched I watched Holocaust, I watched Ferox, and a few more. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, to me, they're all lumped in together. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't doubt it. Very, similar. very similar to Cannibal Holocaust, like the shots yeah. filming in the Amazon, like. You see nasty animal deaths, like very similar. Like Holocaust, I've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. Fairwalks, I think I just watched it one time. Yeah. And uh, Holocaust, yeah. I th- honestly, I think I've only watched maybe a half or three quarters of it. I never actually finished it. And it was okay. not because I couldn't. It was just like I had to go somewhere and then I just never got back to it. So I have to actually finish that one. But yeah. It's a piece of uh, film history, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like the animal killings, there's a few more in this one. Um, but, in uh, Holocaust? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I still think that is the cannibal film of the era. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's worth watching to say I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Right. You know, like, I, yeah, I'm going to watch, I think I watched it a second time or a third time because I uh, met the director at uh, one of the wastelands. Oh, okay. Um, name escapes me right now because I'm tired, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I would watch Cannibal Ferrix over watching, say, like Salo or 120 Days of Sodom. No doubt about it. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a more watchable film than I thought Salo was. Yeah. And yeah, I, every I, can, film, I can understand that. Yeah. Every film connoisseur out there is probably thinking I'm an absolute idiot, but that's just the way I see it. I don't think so. I don't want to eat, I don't want to watch people eating poo. That's I know. Exactly. Me, right. You know? So from Cannibal Ferrix, let's move over to Pixels. Mark, what did you uh, – how did you like Pixels? Um, honestly, I I liked it quite a bit. I, yeah, I like I like retro gaming. Um, now, the games displayed in Pixels is a bit before my time because I'm – I started playing around 86, 87 with my Sega Master System as my first system. So I wasn't a Atari kid. I was like a step above that. Um but that said, though, who doesn't know these characters? Qbert and Pac-Man and whatnot, you know? Yeah. You go to an arcade, you've played the cabinets before. Um, so I think this movie got got hit with some bad reviews. Um, I think most because of Adam Sandler's involvement. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty meh in this film. You know, he's like just playing himself. He doesn't seem to have any pep. Um, so, you know, and like when was the last time he actually did a good movie? I was going to say, right? So now, Adam Sandler the past like decade plus. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I did like the do-over, his latest film on Netflix. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, and, and uh, it, my this, boss actually yeah. so, told me to watch that. She said she really liked it. So I, I do. And now you're saying it. I definitely should check it out then. Yeah, I thought it was decent. Um, I didn't see The Incredible Six or the whatever it is. Um, but uh, yeah, Dover was actually pretty decent. And and this one too, it's pretty decent. Um, so the story goes is that uh, young Adam Sandler, so his name is Brenner in the film, uh, he is a video game wizard, goes to the 82 championship uh, video game, whatever, um, hosted by Dan Aykroyd, which I enjoyed. And um, he's in the finals against uh, Eddie, which is paid, played by, well, played by an actor, but grows up to become Peter Dinklage. Um, so, you know, he loses, he becomes a, you know, uh, one of those, um, one of those Best Buy uh, nerd alert guys, you know, that they go and Geek do Squad, tech- yeah. Geek Squad, that's it, nerd alert. What the fuck? <laughs> Anyways. Anyhow, um, so his life is, you know, he, he never, because he lost, he never really applied himself for anything else, even though he's really smart and blah, blah, blah. So he did nothing in life. His best friend, Kevin James, He's the president of the United States, <laughs> which is Fantastic. kind of funny. Um, so what happens is back in 82, I guess they filmed the championship, uh, the video game championship, and they shot into space. And now all this time later, uh, aliens discovered the tape and they think it's a, na- a declaration of war. So now they send their video game warriors to Earth and it's up to Earth's heroes to beat the uh, video games at their own game. Um, sounds stupid. It's actually lots of fun. I think it actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I enjoyed it. Um, Peter Dinklage makes the movie for me because he is stuck in the '80s. He is a badass gamer. You know, my shit don't stink. I'm the best. You know, <laughs> um, so I like Peter Dinklage. Like I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. I know, I know, yeah. and he plays you know whatever role he plays, which is I guess regal whatever in that genre but the guy is a big nerd too you know he plays a video game nerd in this film he played a DD nerd in uh in uh, knights of badassdom which is another funny film that should have made it to the theaters um so yeah so we've got you know we've got michelle monaghan who plays a semi-love interest in the film uh brian cox is in it uh sean bean's in it um Josh Gad from uh, Book of Mormon, he's in it. Um, yeah, this movie got a bad rap, and I really don't think it's that bad. Um, so if you like video games, um, check it out. Uh, I give I give this, I think, three out of five on Letterboxd. So I would give this easily two and a half out of four. Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I was giving you a hard time last week about picking it, but honestly, it, oh, it's okay. a film that if I, you know... Uh, like had ac- easy access to, I'd probably watch it. And I, I would probably enjoy it. I love Kevin James. I don't like Adam Sandler, um, but I do love Kevin James. And obviously I love video games. So I feel like I'd probably enjoy it well enough also. Well, you know, this game is like, I watched this in 3D and <laughs> this, this, uh, this game, you know, this game, this film is cheap to buy. Yeah. Like I got mine for like 13 bucks Canadian. Does it look good in um, 3D? Yeah. I liked okay. it. I liked it a lot. Um, 
yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're a gamer, it's totally worth checking out rental or, or whatnot, but uh, it isn't that bad. Cool. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Excellent. So, Ash, you probably had like the uh, most dense film of the week with uh, The Wailing. Yeah, you could say that. So, a little synopsis. The Wailing is a 2016 Korean horror film. Um... When a mysterious disease leads to death and chaos in a mountain village, a policeman with an infected daughter consults a powerful shaman. So, what did I watch? Who was behind it all? What were they doing? Why were they doing it? What happened to all the cute little horror comedy that started out the film? (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, Basically, just uneven pacing and a lack of any kind of sense of who's ultimately or what is behind the disease or the curse or the possession or whatever the fuck it was, because they never really tell you Mm. uh, really kind of hurts this movie, Um, which is a shame because it's, it's beautifully shot. I mean, they, they pick some great locales. There's some great visuals to it. It, it always, almost always, you know, looks interesting. Um, But it just, it reminded me of when they were trying to do prequels or the non-prequels to The Exorcist, but really had no idea what they were doing. Um, so it was pretty to look at, but it just didn't make any damn sense to me. Um, I don't know if rewatching it would help. I mm-hmm. don't think it will. Um, <laughs> it just it, it's it, it has a lot of interesting premises going on, and it never really commits to any one of them. So it, it's like. Uh, Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, so it's it, it fast. Do what? I was just say it's fascinating that you say it started off as a comedy horror because I wouldn't have expected that at all. Yeah, yeah, it does. It starts off like it's like I know it was going to be like a horror movie, but mm-hmm. it starts off like the first half hour is kind of like this buddy cop comedy where they're going to like crime scenes and shit and bumbling around. And he, hmm. he still bumbles throughout, like, the main character bumbles throughout the movie, because that's who he is. He's kind of the bumbling idiot. Um, but it gets less funny as it goes. You know, it was yeah. it was kind of this, like, cute little horror comedy to start with, and it's just like, shit hits the fan, and then it's like, it gets all serious, and then it's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> so it just... It, I mean, it had some interesting ideas, and and the 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 little girl, they the actress that they had playing the, his daughter, uh, was pretty good. She was pretty convincing, especially when she starts telling him to f off and all sorts. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. It just it just didn't do anything for me. I, it was it was slow, and it, it it's was, pretty long, isn't it? Yes. It, yeah. It, it it feels long. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm giving it a two out of four. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm interested, Mark, if you ever watch that one, I'm interested to hear your take on it. I've yeah. Heard, it's on my list. I've heard complete opposite sides of the spectrum on it now. So very yeah, cool. No, eventually when I, I might check it out when I do my A to Z, uh, for all streaming movies. So. Oh, gotcha. Right. But, uh, I have it added. So we'll see. Perfect. All right. So for next week, so for round 17, uh, let's see. So I am going to pick for you, Mark. Mark, you okay. are picking for Ash, and Ash, yes. you are picking for me. So I will um, start off by giving Mark your pick, and you guys yeah. can do any searching that you need to do in the meantime. So um, I feel like I'm giving you um, a good one here because I feel like this is something that you've been wanting to dive into but haven't yet, and so I'm giving okay. you a reason. Okay. Um, so a while back, you and I both bought this set. 
and it was the Larry Fessenden collection from Screen yes. Factory. Okay. And so you have that listed on there. I'm just assuming you haven't seen any of them, but if you have, then we'll move on to the next one. But the first one nope. is uh, No Telling from 1991. That's the oldest film on that set. So I figure why the hell not start there. Sounds good to me. So No Telling from 1991. It's listed as a horror film, um, but it might not be that horrific. I don't know. We'll see. I have not seen it either. So yeah, you can make the trek through the Fessenden collection first and see how it goes. Was it, is your box set signed? Uh, yes. Okay. Yours was, okay, me too. right? Yeah. Yes, m- mine is, yeah. Yep. Cool. Excellent. So you'll be watching No Telling from Larry Fessenden in 1991. So Mark, what is Ash watching for next week? Well, I gave him the sexy movie Lovelace last time. Yes. So I'm going to continue with the sexiness <laughs> and make him watch Hard Candy. Oh my God. Yes. That's a movie I was going to give him. I'm so happy you did. You're kidding. Yeah. That was one I was looking at. I, what a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Continue the sexiness. <laughs> Do you know anything about that one, Mark? I mean, Ash? No, actually, I I don't. I remember hearing people talk about it, and I didn't yeah. even read the synopsis before I added it to my queue. Fantastic. Don't read the don't. synopsis. Just, just, just play. Just hit play. <laughs> get, hit play and get ready. Lube up and hit play. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. That's definitely one that was toward the top of my list for him, so I'm glad he is going to watch it now. Yes. Excellent. Ash, and then what am I going to watch for next week? All right, you have Insidious Chapter 3 on your list. You have not seen it. I do. I have not. All right, that's the one for you. Fantastic. Good. I'm excited. This is the first one that I might actually have to step away from the podcast when you talk about it, because I have not seen it either. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't want spoilers. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't read spoilers for it, because it's, yes, it's a prequel. But it's it yeah. Don't read spoilers for it because it's pretty fucking good. So you know what I was just thinking. So we're actually going not going to hear about Hard Candy until after our break because you won't yeah. be here next week, Ash. So you have like a long time to watch that one. So don't uh, don't forget about it in the in the interim. But um, yeah. So fantastic. So Mark, you are watching No Telling from 1991. Ash, you are watching Hard Candy. From 2005, which we won't hear about next week, uh, we actually won't hear about until episode 81, which is actually going to be like the first week in March, I believe, because I'm going on vacation. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and then I am watching Insidious Chapter 3. So, Mark and I will talk about ours next week. So, hell yes. This should be good. And we got mm-hmm. three interesting films to talk about next week. So, Fantastic. So that is going to be that for this week. So remember, next week we're going to be back with a um, theatrical review for the first time, at least that we can recall in the yeah. history of our podcast. Uh, with uh, And we're going to conclude this Resident Evil arc, much to most of our satisfaction, <laughs> with that yep. review of 2017's Resident Evil, the final chapter. And also, if you guys have any questions for the three of us here at the podcast, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all of your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show. And we're going to do our best to answer all of them. So again, make sure you tweet at us using that hashtag in film we trust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, call us at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. 
And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or if you're listening to us somewhere else, leave us a review there. Positive reviews help us uh, reach a wider audience, which is always the goal. We'd love to be talking to a thousand people every week instead of a hundred or whatever we're talking to now. So just, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, and we really but appreciate not, that. Uh, not Grandma, uh, what's, what Grandma was Grandma Jane. Name? Don't Grandma fuck Jane. With Grandma Jane. She's kind of a badass from what I hear. You know, Grandma Jane doesn't own an iPod, and, and you can't get this podcast on vinyl yet. <laughs> Not yet. Ooh, now there's a first. Maybe with her Patreon, we could uh, do there vinyl. There you go. Now we're that? talking. Now we got a Patreon. We got our first Patreon perk. So we <laughs> decide that that's a, a thing that might actually help us. So It's going to be a 16 LP collection of episode 79. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because we're fucking over two hours again. <laughs> oh, it's a real nice box that. set. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. Uh, anyway, so as a reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love to interact with you guys there. So you can find us on at uh, Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following us on all three of those platforms. And Ash, where can we find you online? Uh, DHGFH. Ash at um, Twitter. <laughs> wow. Awesome. And Mark, how about you? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, Mark with a C underscore Nado. So it's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. As well as uh, Instagram. It's Nado 2 So you know what I did last week when I was editing the podcast? I literally like paused this part of it and just played it back so I could hear how you say your last name. And then like wrote it out phonetically so I could try to get it right this week. So, <laughs> so I didn't sound like oh. such a jackass. No, you never sound like a jackass. <laughs> Just you don't care. So you're more inconsiderate. <laughs> oh, man. You can follow my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And last but not least, guys, please visit Cinefessions.com and vote on what our next podcast arc is going to cover. It's a really close poll right now. Um, the one that was losing came back strong. So it's a really close poll. So we really need those votes. Uh, and, you know, this for this five-episode arc dedicated to whichever distributor wins this um, poll. So you need to help us decide if we're going to be covering Vinegar Syndrome, Scream Factory, or Draft House Films. So head on over to Cinefessions.com and vote at the poll right at the top of the right-hand sidebar to help us figure out which company we're going to spend the next five weeks with after this arc concludes. And remember, that poll is going to close on Sunday, February 6th at midnight, so don't miss your chance to vote. And while you're there, also check out Cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars so you can enter to win a $20 Amazon gift card. I promise you, you won't hear about an easier way to be entered to win a gift card today than by going to cinefessions.com backslash the Oscars. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the 79th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 